What's up, guys? Triple Threat main event is back again. We have been on. It's been a while since we've been together, but uh, you know, we figured we'd get together right before Christmas. Uh, three days before the Fat Man shows up, and I'm not. He's not talking to... about me. So. <laughs> ah, <laughs> I saved you the trouble. I saved you the gentlemen, trouble. Gentlemen, Jason Warden, how you doing, Warden? I'm good, brother. How you been? I'm good. I'm good. In a day, but uh, and joining us, like the like Minute Works used to say, from the land down under, uh, Mr. Hitman himself, Jack Pinocchio. What's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Good to be back. What kind of shirt have you got on there, Pinocchio? So, this global warning tour, this is when the WWE came to Australia in 2002, so it's 20, what, one years ago. That was actually my first ever live wrestling show I ever went to, so. Wow, that it was around the time when they actually became the WWE. So yeah, I, I noticed the I noticed the logo. I was like, wow, it's been that long. Jeez. Yeah, I mean, Girl. I just I was looking at it the other day because you can see clippets on um YouTube. You know, two thousand and two. Yeah, that's yeah. What do you like? Was that when you were born, dude? Or you know, <laughs> felt uh, like it. <laughs> right. Um. So that hey, was, uh, okay, that, that was your that was your sorry that was your first wrestling event. Yep. Stevie, what was your first one? That's what, what I was just saying. That's another episode right there. Don't okay. get it all. Oh, yeah. yeah, don't get it. Sneak, 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 sneak peek. What year? What My year? First one was 1986. Uh, Raleigh, Shit. North Carolina. Mine was had to be 91 because the Persian the Persian Gulf War was going on and. Slaughter was the heel, so I'll just tell you that. So oh, that's yeah. how funny it was. Yeah. Maggot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I saw I saw an interview with that real earlier this week. Uh you remember Lacey Evans, who is now gone from WWE, talking about how Sergeant Slaughter's daughters were not happy about her using the whole Sergeant Slaughter persona in her in her mm -hmm. giving. I mean Big freaking deal. I mean, it, you know, it's not like he was the only one to play a. Uh, I mean, he was the most popular one to play like a, a soldier. Of course, he was GI Joe and all that, but he's not going to be the only one to do that. Yeah, she was actually wanna, in the army, though. Yeah, if you want to really get, you know, talk about using somebody's likeness as a Charlotte Flair. I mean, it's it's just Ric Flair and you know Leotard. You know, that's all it is. Yeah, they moves. Woo. I mean, and, and I get it's his daughter, but you know. Yeah, but I never saw I never saw Ric Flair do a moonsault off the top of a cage though. I, he's tried. He's got up to the top rope, but he never makes it. That's uh, one of the, all he does when he gets to that top rope of a cage is just his pants pulled down and then his <laughs> head flaps up there and he falls off. He straddles. Are, are you are you insinuating that Charlotte Flair is better than Daddy? <laughs> More athletic, I'll put it. Well, that. Yeah, but Ric Flair different tie, bud. It's a different tie. No, it is not a tie. It it's is a, not a, a, listen. I'm speaking English. A different time. Would she be as good? Would she be as good or popular if she wasn't a flair? Good point. Good point. Probably not. Probably not. Yeah. She wouldn't be. Yeah. She wouldn't have gotten to put. Like it or not, and no matter, she is one of them that has never tried to avoid who yeah. her family is. Some of these, some of them don't like to, don't want to get that push because of family, and yeah. But Done that from the start. I mean, she's yeah. no David Flair, dude. Come on, you just, you know, I mean, it's just the talent in that family is just, you know, God. just proves it doesn't always trickle down. 
that dude was <laughs> god awful. And how he I mean, she's she's good, but I just wish she'd had something of her own. That's all I'm saying. She's very good. You and know, David. I mean, he was with Stacy Keebler. That should have been got him in the Hall of Fame just for that. Why? How? <laughs> no, just just knowing that he dated her, which he did, should have got him into the Hall of Fame. And Unanimous decision, dude. For you know, tag you know, tagging in. George that. Clooney ruined that. He ruined his chances for that because they dated. He ruined yeah. Batman too. Yeah, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did because the Val Kilmer one was actually pretty good. It yeah, he ruined Batman. Okay, and right. he'll admit it. He'll admit it. He'll admit he fucked Batman. Yeah, he'll admit it. Yeah. Um, what were, who were you talking about? Uh, speaking of uh, Charlotte, uh, bad news for Charlotte, as Charlotte is out. Yeah. Uh, what did they say? Nine months at least? Nine months. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. I, yeah. Oh, wow. I, it I was six, and then they've of, pushed that to nine. Sounds wow. kind of uh, nine months. That sucks for her. She just came back not too long ago. Yeah, back. Yep. So that's but, uh, that's WrestleMania gone. That's Rumble gone. What did what did she do? What did, what did she tear ACL or something? Or what did she do? Something like that. Everything, everything in the she's in not, the leg. She's not going to give uh, Aaron Rodgers a call about you know coming back the same year because you know Rodgers has been activated, dude. He's activated. Not activated up here though. Well, he's got to go off to his dark place. Um. But yeah, that that's going to throw a monkey wrench in a lot of plans. I think they, I actually think, and I may be wrong, <clears throat> that <clears throat> there's there were plans in the works at WrestleMania for the original four horsewomen, woman, which was Sasha Banks, Bailey, Becky Lynch, and Charlotte to face Damage Control, because I think you're gonna, you know, they're they're still talking to. Uh, Whatever her name is, Sasha Banks, whatever her name is. This, may, this may actually get them to bring her back. Well, I mean, she wanted, she wanted more money than Charlotte. She wanted a bigger contract yeah. than Charlotte. So, yeah, nah, that was never going to happen. Sorry. But, she's uh, oh, no. I disagree. I disagree. I think she's, yeah. I think she's one of the best. I think she's awesome. I mean, I would put her above, uh, I would put her above uh, Becky and I would put her above uh, Charlotte. Above Just me. Becky. Yep. And I love Becky Lynch. She's probably one of my favorites, but I just think I would put her. She's she's very good. You guys, I mean, we don't talk a lot about the the women wrestlers up here. Who do you guys think the strongest woman wrestler as far as talent and everything overall? Best women wrestler out there? Oh, it's got to be Mama. She's just the whole package. She's just so dominant. There's nobody can really go up to her, and she's got a personality. I mean, I just think she's. I think she's great, and I don't think Dom. Would be where he's at now without her. I think she. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, he's a he's a good heel. He's a good heel for his, his kids. But them together, I think that 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 helps out. And that kind of uh, stuff going on between who's ever the leader of the Judgment Day is that's yeah. getting good. That's getting good because who's the other? Who's the guy that has the cash? I forget his name. Oh, Damien Priest. That dude's gonna be champion. I just y'all, think he is. y'all not see what they're doing though. I mean, with our truth joining now, this is Bloodline Part Two, the sequel to oh, Bloodline. Yeah. They're oh, going. Our yeah. truth is making them break character. And he's so funny, dude. And he's fifty-one. He's great. Man. He's great. But this when he puts the he puts his name on the shirt, 
the funniest thing was when, like, when he came, when he come, come to the ring for the Royal Rumble, went under the ring, got the ladder out, put set the ladder up in the ring to look for the briefcase, looked for the briefcase up there, and then he, then he was like, "Oh, that's on me, that's on me." Oh, when he made shit, he made Brock Lesnar laugh. I mean, that's that's yeah. something right there. But yeah, that. Uh, just looking at some of the some of the headlines, a lot's going on since the last time. You talking about Raya, Ray Ripley? Yeah, Ray uh, Ripley. That's what I meant. That's what I meant. I oh, think she's going to have to feud against uh, that girl they got from. Sorry. Yeah, after the match at, at WrestleMania with Charlotte, I was like, okay, but. I want to, and no denying her talent or anything or charisma or anything. I want to see her in the ring more. I want to see her doing more. Sure. But she has no competition. Nobody can beat her. She's like, she's like Lesnar was. She needs to. I don't know. You got Who's that girl they bought in for MVW? Uh, that that's uh, the Triple H. Uh, she was a real pretty, uh, real pretty muscular chick. Um, she came in from AEW. Sucks. No, she was. She's, oh, somebody that uh, Jade. Yeah. Oh, Jade Cargill. I, I yeah. think she. They brought her in the feud with with her because she, she matched pretty good. Well, Hunt, well, Triple H said when she came to the performance center, it's not word for word. She's not ready, so she needs more ring work apparently. So obviously, what she was doing at AEW was great, but Hunter having the great mind that he has, he's just saying she she's going to win. Work. She's gonna win woman. She's gonna win the woman's Royal Rumble, and she's gonna face off against uh, uh, what's her name in the in yeah, WrestleMania. That, I call I call it down. So I mean that's that's the only way to go, especially with Charlotte. Good way to out. bring her in. Yeah, that was that was way. what Bubba, Bubba Ray said on Busted Open Radio. That him and Tommy Dreamer were talking about said, uh, bring her out for the Rumble. Let her that be her first in ring WWE mm -hmm. appearance. Let her win, and then go for the belt. See where it goes from there. But oh, I don't exactly. think they should. I don't think they should put it on her right away. They should have like a a series to where they fight there and maybe SummerSlam. I mean, just just my. I mean, I don't think they should just you know waste it all in one match. You know, they oh, should no, no. Especially because Rhea has no competition. So yeah, that's true. So a lot of uh, a lot of WWE superstars getting signed to new contracts. We talked about Dom, mm -hmm. well deserved. I would say that. At, you know, I was not a Dom fan at first. But Dom is one of the heat. The heat on that guy is great. I love one it. Of the best heels, not just yes. WWE, but in all of wrestling right now. Um, he gets it. He gets a contract extension. His dad, Ray Ray Mysterio, gets a contract extension, and yep. also Bailey. Bailey gets a contract extension. So Bailey's done. Bailey stepped her game up. She's really good. She yeah. uh, and when she fights with Cole, it's great. But you know, you're talking about those extensions. There are a lot of wrestlers that are free agents now, and Dolph Ziggler's one of them. Does he turn up at AEW anytime soon? I reckon he will. No, yeah, yes, I reckon he will. He's there's to a lot, lot of wrestlers that got released that are like are free as of now. They're free. If something was on uh, some release of that, so and they're all, they're all there. It's, they passed their ninety days or whatever. So a lot yeah. of them are open. To, Zach Ryder, I guess, is one of them that used to. Matt Cordona. Yeah. Who's yeah. he married to? What's her name, Jack? Gosh. I can see it. I can't. I can I cannot remember who she is. She's hot. She's hot. So. Um, Let's see. What about uh, who? Chelsea Green. 
Kelsey Green. Yes, yeah. she's hot. Yes. Okay. Um. So uh, Matt Riddle signed with MLW. Going to make an appearance at MLW. And what's, I, ML, what's MLW? I'm yeah. not know what that is. It's like a league below like AEW. It's pretty much a like kind of like NWA it's, it's, Ohio Valley. Yeah, Wrestling. it's not AVW. Oh, AVW. Ohio Valley Wrestling. It's yeah. not WWE. No. It's like kind in, in there. It, it would be what you would call a minor. I don't want to say it like that, but like a. Well, oh, everything under a everything under WWE's minor league. You got to admit that even because they got Jacob Fatu is in MLW, yeah. who's probably yeah. who should be in WWE, but there's like a lot of legal stuff that's going on. MLW um, is re- actually pretty good. Uh, I mean, yes, got some talent there. there is that Terry Taylor's out? Yeah, he's yeah. here. So, the cock is up. I had to get I had to get rid of one yesterday. Would you fry it or what? No, we gave it away. What? Well, why'd you have to give it away? He, yeah, no, he had too many. It. He had too many cocks in his area. <laughs> no one reported it, but he would start at about four in the morning and just would not oh, stop. Wow. Yeah. So I was like, uh, I hate doing it. I was going to. I guess it, the the early uh, the early chicken doesn't get to stay. I guess. Hey, way to go, doofus. <laughs> Terry Taylor's out of the four horsemen now. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I'm looking up here, no surprise. Virgil, former WWE star Virgil, has set up a GoFundMe for his ongoing health issues. I think he's got uh, some CTE issues or going on. I thought, he had, I, thought he had, I thought he had cancer. He's got that too, but I mean, oh, poor some, guy. some of the things that he says and does uh, just, it's, it's, it's a shame, but. Uh, when you look at some of these signings that everybody goes to conventions and stuff, and he's over there and nobody's going to his table, uh, I yeah. think I actually made fun of him one time at, a, at an event. But you did, Scott Hall. Oh, figures. What is, oh, what is wrong with them headphones tonight? I don't know. I just hear this southern accent. I can't get out of my head. <laughs> you know, and, and talking about Virgil, all I can say is. Dude, don't let any Dibiase handle any kind of any of your money. You know, <laughs> good point. You'll take it. Just, just stay away from that. You know. Yeah. Um. So now, a a tag team from the past in WWE, uh, or making their way back, according to uh, Wrestling Inc. The Authors of Pain. You guys remember them? Yeah. Paul Ellerin. Coming back, right? He's coming. He's going to manage him again. Yeah. Hey, whatever that happened to that Road War? Whatever happened to that Road Warriors ripoff? That oh gosh, they. You remember, I saw that. I was like, oh my god, what the hell is that? They were great. Believe it or not, they were great in NXT. But yep. when they got to, to WWE, everything went downhill, and they got yeah. cocky. And the, I don't know. They got cocky because they literally came out and said, "We are better." Yeah. Than the Road Warriors, and they yeah. got it to them one night out there. I think it was. Was it who came out there? Uh, the acolytes came back, yeah. got they beat the crap. Okay. It was like three different tag teams, and they were all legendary tag teams, and they beat Man. the crap out of them. I mean, that honestly, was like that's, a pain of receipt. That one they actually laid into yeah. them hard. I mean, that's that's honestly, man. I saw that. It's like Mini Kiss coming out and say they're better than the original lineup. I mean, it ain't freaking that. It ain't happening, bro. I mean, yeah. seeing them for the first, I remember hearing about them and then seeing them for the first time. 
It was a. It looked like a bad cover band, dude. It looked like you know, like if anything could get worse than Dawkins, that would be the band. You know, a rip off of Dawkins. <laughs> you love yeah. Dawkins. No, I don't. Uh, yeah, the warden. The he's got his Dawkins band. I mean, if, if they, they have, have, have like spot pads, if they chucked on spot pads, they were literally the Road Warriors. Yeah, twenty ten. Hell, I'm surprised Ellering didn't manage them the way McMahon, how crazy he was, that, you know, there at the end. Could have just got the Road Warriors ventriloquist doll, Rocco, up there to do it. You remember him? That was, yeah. you don't remember that? SummerSlam, when they had it over in England, the leadoff match <clears throat> was Money Incorporated versus the Legion of Doom. Now, oh, they come to the ring on motorcycles. I remember that, okay. On in the front of one of the motorcycles is a freaking ventriloquist dummy, and he, they call him Rocco. Paul Ellering has got him. You go back and watch it on the network. I think they still have. I'm sure they still have it up there. But Paul Ellering, YouTube it. One time at ringside, you hear Paul Ellering trying to. He's talking for the for the dummy going L O D, and I'm like, oh my gosh, what have we come to? These guys used to like be so cool. Now they got a freaking ventriloquist done. That's what the WWE. That's what the WWF does to people. They they it, it, you, well, you can't you can't you can't be a self-made star without the exception of probably Ric Flair. You can probably count on one hand how many people transitioned from NWA to to WWE that they didn't try to change. Look what he did to Dusty. You know, look what he did to. But you know, speaking of that team, I you know a few years ago, I guess we could have got Sonny to manage them like the Road Warriors, but that's probably not happening now. Sonny's, Sonny's managing uh, how many cigarettes she can get in uh Boy, uh, sunny days are <laughs> sunny days are definitely behind her. I mean, my yeah, God, a long time. He's but I mean, it's like you know, she sat there and she pleaded for. I mean, she was given so many chances. It's like oh gosh, yeah. And I mean, people tried to help her too. Mm -hmm. The WWE tried to help her. Yeah, Missy Hyatt. You know, oh, that was a different thing they did together. Well, with the she actually did try to help her too. But, I just remember when they started, I knew that they were done when they did that wrestling fiction site when they were naked. I was like, you know, this is part of like, you know, 20 years ago, maybe 10 years ago, not now. Were you God, I, I can imagine Missy Hyatt in the 80s. God, she was gorgeous. Were you the first member of that one? Missy Hyatt? If the wrestling fiction's website, were you the first member? No, I waited till it got it got free. It got uh, <laughs> it got hacked and it got the passwords went out there. That's what I did. I just made make sure Lars wasn't looking for me. I hear you. So, also some big news coming out of the last was it the last pay per view? Uh, the war game after the war games match. Of course, Randy Orton comes back, uh, and you know Cody and it's it Jay. I can't never. It was Jay Uso, wasn't? It? Yeah, Jimmy's the with the Romans too. Yeah. Jay, Cody, uh, Randy. Who were the other Sammy. two? Sammy. 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 And, uh, was that it? I feel like there was more Cody, more, Sammy, it? Uso, Randy. Well, I don't mind like now. Because I'm thinking that that anyway they get. What was the Kevin Owens? No, Kevin Owens. No, he, wasn't yeah. under, he wasn't in that match. I look. I look, I'm having a mind blank. So yeah. Yeah, my mind's going blank too. But anyway, they get the win. Randy Orton's in the ring. You know, celebrate this comeback and all this. And WWE is, you know, they're show the Michael Cole is. Like, okay, you know, great matches, blah, blah, blah. He's doing all that little spiel. 
and they actually go to the screen where they show they're showing WWE 2023, and all of a sudden you hear the start of cultural personality, and here comes the short order, short order cook, uh, CM Punk come out. Short come order out. cook. That's what I think it was Undertaker said. He looked. Oh, he, he did. A short order cook. Um, he comes out. Of course, the crowd in Chicago eats it up. And looking at the, yeah, Seth was just overjoyed. You could see the excitement in his eyes. Yeah. So they uh, Chicago eats it up, and then you look at these TikTok people, the people that were streaming and talking about the pay per view as go. They one guy started crying. I mean, he started crying over CM Punk. I'm like. I don't care who it was to come back. If Ric Flair came back and looked like he was back in the 80s. I 87 Ric Flair cry. came I would cry. I'd be crying over it. I'd be excited, but I would be like, oh, God, oh, God. <laughs> no, 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 that would be Arn Anderson. That, that's when he would start crying. Uh, I would feel what you said. Um, what a wait. What a, what a F you to Randy Orton. I cannot. I had I never liked CM Punk. I think he's a freaking cancer in the locker room. He's an ass. I mean, it's like, you know, that's why Seth went so nuts. And I don't think that was a, I don't think that, that should have been Randy's return, was... man. He came yes. back after 18 months. They could have. Didn't leave, a... didn't leave the company on bad terms. It was an injury. But you don't see him out there bitching about it. Can you imagine it was no. reversed and they did that to CM Punk? He'd be out there dropping a pipe bomb or whatever that shit is. Cause he's a baby. Well, they could have done Punk's return on Raw the next night, or the, without. But the they were they weren't in Chicago. That's why they did it in Chicago. Yeah, that's true too, but um, I I like you, Warden. I've never seen the whole infatuation with him. He's a um, good talker, but he's a good talker. But he's very he's a, there is no bigger fan of CM Punk in the world than CM Punk. Yeah, and and my my the first thing I said when it happened and I posted was. Good for business now. Yeah. Check back with me in six months, and let's see how how he is then. Um, but he's saying all the right things now, coming out and apologizing. And he's but talking, he always does that when he comes uh, back. What I'm saying, he's taken he took a shot at AEW the other night uh, in an interview. But you know, it is what it is. They're they're looking at getting as many superstars they can to try to make this the biggest WrestleMania. Well, it's a different company now. The old man's not there anymore. If the old man would have been there, he wouldn't have come back. But now, I mean, Triple H is in charge, but he's being told. I mean, he probably has a he probably has a leash, a long leash. He's probably not over in the Microsoft like before. But you know, if if McMahon was still there, I don't think this would happen. But Bella or whoever owns UFC or whatever owns them, that's you know, they don't care. They know it's you know they don't care. Well, I'll tell you this too. If you ever. I don't know if you guys ever do or not. Uh, after one of the pay-per-views, when they had the press conferences, watch Triple H in there. And I'll tell you what, I that is the, my favorite part of the whole thing is watching Triple H talk about what happened and, and stuff like that. You know, he was like, I, you know, we're not going to tell you nothing. You know, things weren't bad. He said, but, you know, people have grown up. People have realized their mistakes. You know, he's he was saying everything you're you're supposed to say right now. He it wasn't like he was gonna say I, I, I think I don't want him to be here, but we were doing it for the money. We're doing it for ratings. But uh yeah, I I think the talent deserved better, especially a guy like Rollins that stepped up when Roman Reigns is out so much. He's your guy. 
your guy, your main guy deserved it. And I don't think it's a work. Like I said, I think he's legitimately pissed. <laughs> he'll, he'll, he falls in line and, and do what he's told. Yeah. But I mean, his reaction, I mean, and I could be falling for the whole Shawn Michaels falling in the ring thing, but I think he was legitimately pissed. You know, I mean, it, I think you're supposed to the talent didn't know about it. And there's good reason why they didn't know it. You may have had a mutiny if that would have happened. Yeah, I, I, I'm just I'm not excited about it or anything like that. I mean, it's but he was held back by Michael Cole when that happened. No yeah. other wrestlers was trying to hold back Seth, and I think that's the illusion that because if you there's a video someone did of Michael Cole, him counting down like he knew Corey Graves I... had a bad look on his face. I don't think he knew. I don't think Michael Cole knew. I think his reaction was genuine. Well, if he, if he was counting that counting it down, then he he knew. Oh, he was. I didn't see that. But yeah. Corey Graves may not have known then, maybe. Because you hear him going, you don't hear it. You see, he's like going. And oh, then really? He does this, and you hear the whatever it is. But I don't think I don't think Seth knew though. No, because I reckon if he did, Seth probably would have done something I, I don't think he knew maybe he knew he i think he, he probably, might be it might be it might happen but yes no i don't think he knew for sure well, hell they when they were here last year in san, san antonio for the royal rumble i saw like they asked him about cm punk way before he was still in aew and he didn't hold back so if he knew then he he's very good at acting he if he uh, ha if he hates CM Punk, he's you know he's better hiding it than a lot of them are. So I don't think there's many. There there's a few there that get along with Punk, but I don't. I think there's a, a good a good amount that don't don't like him and or very. Well, they, well, they had those meetings. They had to like they had to like make sure Jericho was fine with an AEW because Jericho. Yeah. I mean, he's an older spaceman. The locker room respects. Jericho, because Jericho is older. He's not a prima donna. Yeah, he was their first champion, but he's willing to put guys over. I don't think C I mean, CM Punk, I mean, when that shit he had with uh, who's the cowboy or whatever, I think that shit was, I think that shit was legit. Oh, yeah. It was, oh, it was page, yeah. Yeah, because that, 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 the owner of AEW, he's not a good, he doesn't have a good poker face like Triple H. He doesn't hide it. <laughs> well, he generally looks surprised, and I don't, I think it's inexperience. I mean, no, they, Triple H is better at it. Triple H knows what's best for biz, like you said, Stevie. And I do. I like. I. I believe. I agree with you. In the long run, he'll end up burning his bridges again. And this is his last shot, so maybe he won't. Who knows? Well, he claims he's changed, so we'll see. Um. So tonight, actually, in the in the the, the rooster United, agrees. Yeah. In the United States tonight. Uh, the premiere of the Iron Claw, the movie about the uh, Von Eric wrestling family. And I mean, no coincidence, AEW uh, brings out uh, Kevin, Kevin Von Eric's kids to the, to one of the events and Kevin Von Eric makes an appearance and actually puts the Iron Claw. I forgot who it was. He put it on, but you know, good, good move by AEW, I guess, to, uh, to kind of, Kind of get that out there that they were. Don't, and with that premiere tonight, don't be surprised if the Von Eric brothers make an appearance because they are in San Antonio tonight. AEW is, and the Von Erics, like I told you guys, they have a they have a place about probably about thirty miles from here. 
that yeah. it's a little called burning texas is where austin lived at one time and goldberg still does so they have a ranch out there so they may make an appearance not being here in san antonio they were they were on busted open uh a few days after they they did made the aw appearance and i don't know if they've got a contract with aw yet uh they may be working doing little dates here and spot dates or something but I think they're hoping they do because they got they've got guys there they want to face, and you know, it would be, it would be good for them I think. But uh, they've always rejected the limelight. They've always been more. I mean, Kerry's the only one that really went up to the you know WWE. I think it's a shame but, that nobody no more people saw Kevin because I think Kevin was the most athletic, very gifted, and you know of course David was the most talented. David, David was but, but Kevin Kevin was always my favorite. But it's like Kerry was just, I mean, it's just he had his demons. Yeah. But man, if, if, if Kevin, if Kerry wouldn't have done that and Kevin, if people could have seen Kevin and David, I mean, it, they would have been, well, knowing the WWE, they probably would have, you know, put a, a hippopotamus costume on them, you know. And, no, you know, no. For, you know, they, I thought they were going to actually do that to him when he came up calling the Texas tornado. I thought that I was like, okay. At first, I was like, "Are you not going to acknowledge his real name?" But they called him by his real name, and and it looked, I mean, he was there no time before they put the intercontinental belt on him. Let him be Mr. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So yeah. that they really Kerry just had Kerry had the look. He just had the look yeah. what Vince wanted. Yeah, oh, I, he had that ultimate. Not great on the mic. No, not great at not all. Not great on the mic, but he, he really, had the look. Oh my gosh. He was he was horrible on the mic, um, but yeah, he definitely had the look, and he was a former NWA World Champion. Granted, it was like for two weeks, but you know, Dusty Dusty held held it like two or three times for a span of two weeks back then too. Yeah. But uh, you know, I'll definitely have to see this. We all need to watch this and talk about it sometime uh, in the future. Um, it it comes out in Australia, I think, on the. 14th so uh-huh. i'll be still on holidays then so we can easily talk about it if you guys can see it between then and i'm gonna know. go see it next i'm off so i'm gonna go see it next week probably after like yeah. christmas so. some people some people only get christmas day off not like some of these losers over here <laughs> I, well, got I, I, I thought i was lucky having two weeks but god dang four weeks shit so i'll shut my mouth i'll, I'll take it Stephen, we meet in Australia, dude, and we can do yeah. everything live you know yeah, you got i tell your boss you got two new two new workers coming um, but it's it's so good right now to be a wrestling fan. There is so much happening, good or bad. Yeah. AEW is great. All right, it is. If you don't like that kind of thing, that's I fine, started watching but... it again. Yeah, I, I tuned out for a while, but I've been watching it. Yeah, yeah. There's so it's much happening about, in wrestling in WWE. So I I saw Jericho talking about him. Is can is Omega is legitimately hurt? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What happened to him? What was it, Jack? You remember? Oh, I, I just heard it yesterday too. Um, it's it's what Lesnar had in when he was in UFC. Flyzer but, and or, or, Yes. So with that, there's a little bit of um stuff happening. So that Kenny Omega has the F5 finisher in the game, but they can't call it the F5 because I think WWE owns it. Yeah, of course they do. Of course they do. So they call it the disease that he has. And now they're saying maybe they're calling it that because of Brock Lesnar, 
holding the F5 name. Now it's come back and he's actually got that disease. So now it's kind of, Canara. you've just stuffed yourself. So, yep. but That's no, too bad. He, he's probably the most talented in that, that roster. He's, he's very good. I, I watched that one with Jericho and him a few years ago and I, I watched it on YouTube. I mean, Jericho's one of my favorites anyway. He was like in my top three. So, and I know he's not what he once was, but who the hell is? But, oh, no, you know, he can still, he can still, he can still do it. I mean, you look at, he can you look, go. Just you don't look at talk. Jericho I think he's a manager. Yeah. You look at Jericho and Sting. I mean, Sting's what, 64 now and get ready to do his last match. But he was, Sting was taking some, some, some shots and taking some bumps that, and like when he jumped off the uh, top turnbuckle out, out on the floor, uh, Sting hasn't let up. Sting Jericho is just Sting could have been Sting is just he just I mean it's it's just a shame he never fought the Undertaker in their prime. I mean, God, can you imagine headlining WrestleMania? I bet that streak would have ended a lot sooner. But then again, look what they did to Sting at WrestleMania. So what do I talking about? See, even if just say if Sting came back and they did Taker and Sting now, just say it now? won't mean anything because no, 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 I'm just, I'm just saying it. That match is going to mean nothing now because Taker's lost at WrestleMania. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter to me now if he came back and goes, "I want to." Just I'm just hypothetically saying. Yeah, I got you. I, mean, I got you. Okay. The, the the idea of it is gone now. They that's one of the biggest things that WWE dropped the ball on. But you know, you can go back, and I don't know if video of this exists, but I know there's pictures. Sting versus the Undertaker did happen. The red, what he was that the mascot on CW? He was mean Mark Callis, mean but he Mark also wrestled. He also wrestled as he had a wrestling, he had a red mask on at one time. Yeah, that was in Texas, that was down your way. Uh, yeah, that's right, that's right. He was in world class, that's right, that's right. Yeah, he had a couple of different gimmicks down there. Uh, Master of Pain, I think, was one of them, and yep. then he had uh, was it Big Red? Like, big red. yeah, Big Red, that's what it was. But uh, I wonder why they called him that. I had a <laughs> Speaking of Undertaker, I had my and my ex roommate. We remember when the Undertaker fought the Undertaker at WrestleMania or whatever. Brian Lee, primetime Brian Lee, my buddy, buddy roommate, tried to tell me, and he he was an Undertaker guy. I was never really an Undertaker guy. Of course, I like him now because he's a Dallas Cowboy fan and a Longhorn. But he um, he told me that they switched them. I'm like, there's no freaking way. I remember watching him in World Class. It's the same Mike, Co Co Mike what's his name, Mark Holloway or whatever. It's the same. They weren't changed. It ain't, they ain't sting, you know, uh, and had the, the fake sting. So Barry Wyndham and Sting. Um, I, I I mean, I remember when that all that went on. But the thing was, all that build up to it, and then it was just over, just like that. Yeah. I mean, after SummerSlam, it was like he's gone. I mean, but I think they, I think they had tested a lot, like at house shows and stuff, and the people were like, "This is." Stupid. And Undertaker's best matches <laughs> were against Shawn Michaels and those two back to back and Triple H. Those were the those were like his three best matches because they had such good chemistry that you know the other ones were just squash matches. And also the Undertaker when he fought Yokozuna, those were good matches because you know you're friends with somebody, you're gonna get shit done. You know, it's like the Freebirds yeah. and the Von Erics. That feud was so good because they were all buddies. Yeah, that was <clears throat> that's another thing we can talk about in a future show. Uh, favorite feuds uh, mm. over the years. Me uh, versus Stevie, you know. <laughs> that's an <laughs> ongoing. That's, that's ongoing. That, that, that'll never end. Gentlemen, gentlemen, 
Jason Warden, uh, you're gonna end up like uh, what? Did, what happened to Chris Adams? What did he, did he get? He got killed in a poker game. He uh, he was in a poker game and he he started shoving his mouth out to somebody. I think somebody stabbed him or shot him. Yeah, I think he got killed in a poker game or he fell in with a bad crowd. Him and Gino didn't end well. Gino got killed by the mob, evidently. That's what they say. And then Chris had lost in a poker game or something. Maybe, I don't know if Ace was there, you know, during Destroyer sessions. Or uh, <laughs> oh, sorry. Another Ace shot. Sorry. Wrong podcast. <laughs> wow. Um, death. This is, uh, no, 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 no. You're wrong about that. He got killed somehow. I know that he's dead. You're right. He was fatally shot in the chest with a 38 caliber handgun doing a drunken brawl with a friend. Yeah. William Brent Bure Parnell at his home. Bure! I can't say that name. 46 years old. Self-defense was claimed and the gun owner was acquitted of all charges. Or was it Texas? That sounds about right. What? Yeah, it was in Texas. Following his death, Stone Cold Steve Austin stated, I'm sorry he got killed. The guy did not have good karma. And that's after Stone Cold took his wife. Yeah, and the, that same wife gave him his nickname. You need yep. to have your you need to drink your tea. It's getting stone cold. How many times has Stone Cold been married? I think three or four. They had a they had a thing here in San Antonio when he lived with Deborah. They had a domestic dispute, I guess, and yeah. they yeah, they held him for a while. She didn't press charges eventually, but I used to see them all the time at the gym. And yeah, he was down he's, here. He's um, his hand slipped and she fell into it by accident. Yeah, you know another Tommy yeah. Lee, I guess. You know, but you don't hear much of that, which is strange because you hear a lot about what I guess around the time was different internet stuff. Compared you can to hit me as hard. You can hit me as hard as you want. Give me about five million to go away. Hell, I'll go away. That's all it takes, Stevie. Make me go away. Five million. That's my price. Um, I'm tr I'm gonna start a GoFundMe real quick. Uh, <laughs> yeah, me, uh, Warden and Virgil out there, you know. Austin is on his fourth wife. So. Yeah, but I listened to his uh, uh, podcast when he used to have his own off WWE, and he said the thing about her is that she had no idea who he, who he was because he had oh, been retired good, for a while. But that, yeah. Hey, man, don't be, talking, don't be talking about my number one wrestler of all time, Austin. Where does he live now? It's, it's not – He lives Victoria in – he, he had a – well, he had a place down here called Tilden, which is pretty much all desert, you know, with yep. a few trees. He sold that. Then he moved to California. Now I think they live in Arizona because he does, like, a lot of movie roles out there. His wife's from California, so he sold his place down here. It's yeah, nothing, but it's, it's, there's so much drought down here that I don't blame him. I had the money. I'd move up there. I'd move to Arizona too. I love the desert. So, uh, CJ Perry, better known as Lana from WWE, she's an AEW now, Miro's uh, wife, uh, hospitalized with a terrible infection that required surgery. Oh, shit. She's gone home now, but it, it, look, they thought one time she was going to lose like fingers because it, it, her finger was like black. Oh, wow. That's what, it, yeah, it started from a cut in the finger. Yeah. It was it was ter it looked terrible. She it's was probably, it's probably sepsis. She was actually saying you guys need to really pray for me. I don't know if, if wow. I'm gonna make it through this or not. Um, but yeah, so hopefully she's better now. She's she's home. They're saying she's home, so she must be better. 
that's another guy that I, I mean, I like, uh, what's his name? Did it go by Miro? He's one of my, Miro, when he was, Miro, yeah. I liked him. I liked him a lot. Yeah. He just, another guy that just didn't, they didn't use WWE didn't use him to his full potential. Well, they, they gave him such a big push at first and then it was just like, yeah. oh, where he, he had one of the best WrestleMania entrances coming in a tank. Yeah. Yeah. Only to lose to Cena, like after all, and that was like the kind of the start of the decline, in my opinion, for him. But yeah, oh, but he, that's, but he got that's married the to Vince her, WrestleMania so... Hollywood. You can't lose to Russia. <laughs> no, no, you know that's like that was like Rocky losing to Drago. Rocky yeah. yeah, if he'd have lost that, there everybody would have been like. I think the worst, the, the I think the worst part of that that movie, even when I remember seeing that, is when they had the guy. It was supposed to be Gorbachev, and he even had the birthmark. You're like, oh come on! <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was the '80s, but dude, that's a little much. You know, come on. Have you guys ever watched the? Uh, I think Stallone did a updated version of it, Rocky Four, <clears throat> and added more stuff oh. to it. No, no. Yeah. Well, it's been a few years. There, now. there has wow. been never one person that has lived off sequels more than that man. Yeah, Rambo, that one. Hey, no, did you see that one? I you see that one I posted on Facebook today that that Rambo is a Christmas movie. Did you know that? I didn't yeah, know that. It's good to go to the train like, Holy crap! You know, it takes place during Christmas. It's a Christmas movie. If you show a Christmas tree or Christmas decorations, it's a Christmas movie. Yeah, it's a Christmas movie. I had that debate. Uh, actually, on, a, on another podcast Sunday, we did it's a sports podcast, but they wanted to do a Christmas episode too, and we did top five favorite or top ten favorite Christmas movies, top five Christmas songs, and top five worst Christmas songs. So, uh, what's your what's your number one Christmas movie, Stevie? Number one Christmas movie, Christmas Vacation. Yours, Jack. Same, dude. It's a wonderful life, dude. Come on. No man is poor who has friends. I mean, I got you two bozos, but I'll take it. The older I get, the more I relate to Chevy Chase, that movie. I just do. Yeah. Elf was I, I, good, I, too. You had to figure out how the kids, uh, the, 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 the boy got younger. Uh, he was in, in the first, what, two Vacation series. The boy was Anthony, the old Anthony Anthony Michael Hall. He was in the first every, chi- one. every child in every vacation movie was different. Yeah, yeah. I I know she's kind of weird, and I know especially in like natural born killers. But I've always had a kind of a crush on Juliet Davis or what's her the Juliet Lewis. Yeah, yeah. Juliet Lewis. And I, and I didn't know that she was what's her name. The till he died, he was uh, Clint Eastwood's buddy that was in every which way. But I yeah. didn't know that was her dad. I was like. Holy shit! Because Eastwood, like, if you're his buddy, you're in all his movies, like Sandler. You know, you yeah. talking about chimpanzee, right? Yeah, yeah every which way, you, any which way you can, and any, any which way but lose. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but I didn't know, and I was like, and he was in a, a couple of them too, but he was, you know, he had a good oh, yeah. run. He was, he was in a bunch of them. Yeah. Um, and now Scott's right. in them all. Scott, who is it? His son named Scott, Clint Eastwood's son. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yeah, he's in all these. If you rewatch maybe his last five movies he made, he's in them. He was in Gran Torino when he caught him. Yeah, he was out here. Get out of here, pussy. Hey, you bro, pussy. 
<laughs> kind of like how Ron Howard brings his brother Clint Howard into every movie he does. Greatest line ever. I am not what you call a handsome man, a freaking water boy. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, anything more before we get to our main event? Mm, no. Oh, well, before we talk about Eddie Guerrero, we, we, we Oh, have, yeah, that's oh, yeah. right. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> That's the one thing I suggested to you guys, but Go ahead, if, that, if that's the case, if that's the case, that I guess, I guess since how long has Eddie been? How long has Eddie been gone? Eddie's been gone for about what twenty years? Has it been twenty years already? But explain to everybody what you what you're talking about now. Oh, I got to bring it up. I sent it to you guys. I don't remember what I sent. I just remember well, something. I mean, we basically, he's he's not getting royalties. He hasn't seen the money from the merchandise. Uh, you know, they're not seeing money from the Eddie Guerrero merchandise. But those, I mean, those kids are pretty. They're pretty much grown anyway. I mean, but yeah, if they weren't getting it back then, that's bullshit. I mean, but still, if they're using, I'm no lawyer or anything, but I would think if they're using Eddie's likeness for something, if if the family owns that likeness rights, they should be getting some money somehow. I mean, I, I don't think that's right. Hell, no wonder Dom's so pissed off. He's not getting the money from Daddy. It's Come Diddy. on, dude. And there's also a thing I saw from today from uh, Mike Rotunda was saying that on a, on a good point, you know, we've got to bash WWE, but they're, they're saying that he they put uh, what's it, what his son I forget oh, his right. name, yeah, Ray right. on a Legends contact, so they are supporting the family. So yeah. for everything you have on there, you have that. But God, what a loss! What just him and um, him and the uh, other guy that died, Luke Harper. Yeah. yeah, you look at those. I mean, it's that the two of the. I mean, God, I love the when they. I have God, I'm forgetting the Watt family. Yes, they were creepy as hell. I mean, we got people all around here, and Stevie's in his. You know, he's seen them too in the South. A lot of people look like that. I'm trying to get the beard that way, so you're going to see me. You know, pretty soon. Luke Harper's death, man. It still yeah, gets me. Sucks. I don't know why it's his, but. I don't know. Like you watch his videos, and he's always happy. He's always smiling. I think that's why. Like such a big. He reminded me of. He reminded me of Bruiser Brody in a way, and just the way he looked and the way he brought. I think that's why his son's called Brody. Yeah, and and, yeah, and and Tony Khan and them took care of that family. You know, and they didn't do pull a WWE with you know uh, Eddie Guerrero because you know you can say what you want to about Tony Khan. He pays his people. Jericho said it. I mean, he takes care of it and. Of course, he's got more money than that, but maybe with this, you know, maybe with this new, with WWE, maybe that, you know, they're getting their new contracts now. Maybe that's that's more of a sign. Well, after it. Luke died, um, Eric Rowan was still with WWE. They both came in alignment and agreed, go to AEW for that one night and go celebrate Luke's death. Because oh. he, they were in the um, White family together, so... Yeah, back in never happened. And you can kind of see too with WWE because the the I think for like next week the the superstars are getting a week off or something like that. Yeah, uh, now yeah. doing it now. Yeah, so tonight's uh, wrestling SmackDown is a taped. Oh, that's why I've been getting spoilers text to me. Yeah, it's like oh crap. Yeah, so that's tonight's good, SmackDown spoil is um being if taped. It, if it was week. if it was McMahon, he'd be giving the day off and call him and come in. Hey, I'm changing the script. You got to come in. Be working Christmas Day. I mean, they used to do that. I mean, it used to be, I want to say WCW used to run Christmas Day. They, they'd run it at night. And you hear, one of the things I like about watching Orrin Anderson or listening to Orrin Anderson podcast, 
they go through month by month of every year. And yes. you know, they'll have yep. some clips, but then they'll talk about, okay, this is where you were so-and-so date. You know, you ran this. And, and there was, some, you know, he ran some, some in the afternoon and then some at night. Now, can you imagine what, what these guys would say if they had to wrestle twice in a day? Damn, Stevie, even the WWE wrestlers got more days off than you. Jeez. I know. Damn. Get a whole you gotta, you gotta you gotta become a WWE wrestler or move to Australia, dude, to get a couple days off, man. What the hell? I'm gonna have to break out my Ray Mysterio mask again. <laughs> so nobody knows who I am. There was a kid when I worked one of my jobs before when I was back when it had to be like ninety seven. Have you been there that long? Huh? No, you this been- is a different job. Okay. Um, but it was back when Nitro had first started and Mysterio was was out there. And I, I, my day off was Monday. And uh, I come to work on Tuesday. One of these guys, you know, all of us watched wrestling back then. And they were, one of the guys said, hey, man, you know that guy over there? That's 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 one, that's Mysterio over there. He he, he he leaves on Monday. And he, I was like, yeah. I was like, if that dude is stupid enough to believe that, that Ray Mysterio goes to Nitro, wrestles, and then comes back and works a freaking job like I was working at the time. Uh, what job was it? I was like working in a produce department in a grocery store. You think Raven Fury <laughs> would do that after wrestling on Nitro? I mean, you're on national television. I'm sure he, he wouldn't get paid bad for that at all. And for the I wrestler used, worked I in the deli. This makes sense. Yeah. Kurt, you ever seen the movie? Did, Kurt that's Warner, did he stock groceries while he paying for the ex, uh, CFL or whatever? Yeah, yeah. that's right. I, uh, in high school, me and my buddy, he used to, he, we used to rag on – we'd, like, talk about – because we were just wrestling marks, and I had the Ric Flair mullet, and, hey, you know, that's Ric Flair's cousin. And I would say, hey, these matches are going to – that's what's going to happen. But I was such a wrestling fan that I could – oh, that's going to happen, that's going to happen. And, oh, yeah, my uncle told me this shit. Yeah, people believe in that. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder people get scammed out of millions of dollars. People are so gullible. Yeah, that kid was looking at me. He, he, he'd look at me like – and I, I didn't know Ray I- Mysterio was a white guy. What the hell? Well, at the time, I was about that same size. And stuff. Are you that short, Stevie? Are you yeah. as tall as Ray Mysterio? Yeah, I'm short, dude. I'm like oh, five, really? Five, so when I meet you, I can throw you into the trailer like uh, Kevin Nash did? I'm not going to be the human <laughs> door like Mysterio. That was, look, I fell to the floor laughing the night that happened. When he caught, he did. I mean, the doofus gets a running start like he's he's got enough weight to knock Nash over. Nash I didn't surprise he didn't get hurt because that looked. Hurt. Just hurls him. Have you seen that, Pinocchio? Yeah. I I mean, it had to hurt when he hit the hurt ground. Him. I mean, how, how about the impression of his head in the side of that trailer? Yeah, it had well, to another hurt. Another one was neck. when he was on the stretcher. The big show got him, whacked him oh, on yeah. the corner post. I remember and he that. Yeah. Face first. Yeah. Well, and know, he couldn't move his arms because he was all taped in. Well, he was all taped in, he right on his head. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. One of the one of the stories that came out of the whole backstage at uh, that was backstage at Disney when they did the whole human dart thing. Uh, one of the stories that came out of there, people called the the fire department, the rescue squads, and the fire department. And that that was real when they came out there, and and Jimmy Hart was just telling them like. Play along with it. Go along with it. This is good TV right here. So, uh, yeah. That That's was, a, he's a tough little son of a bitch, man, Ray Mysterio. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's tough. He's got to yeah. be. 
I mean, uh, his age, he's he's not a young man, and he's still he's still good. Ray, Ray, Ray. He's not much younger than us, Stevie. I don't think. Even when he was on Nitro, I mean, that tells you right there how many guys are on Nitro besides. And he besides started. Actually, he actually, you know, he actually wrestled a lot about his age, so he could wrestle. How old is How old is he? That's what I'm looking right now. He was he born in '54, so he's 50, 51. So he's my age. Shit, I would have been like, I need a, I need an insurance claim. No, 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 no. 49, 49. Yeah, he's a bit, yeah, he's not as old as we are. No, he's right there with me though. He's he's not far behind me. You know, he, you, he's got a ways to go to catch. Are you are you talking in height or are you talking in age? Okay, both. I mean, let's see. He is. Let's see if they've got his height up here. Five foot nothing. Five foot six. He's actually me and him are actually about the same size right now because five foot six, 175 pounds. He may be in a little bit better shape than I am. But yeah, I thought I saw you with Andre the Giant, but I guess it was a normal size dude in one of those pictures. So my bad. I mean, yeah, I'm definitely look, hey dude. I told somebody a long time ago the short short jokes don't bother me. I learned a long time ago I was gonna be short. No problem there. I'm I'm were your parents were your parents like that? My mom is really short, yeah. I see my dad and his wife is my his his my brother's my brother was like six foot three. He was taller than me. And my dad was short and his wife was short. I was like, and I and I was like, wow. Yeah, sometimes you get tall, but sometimes you don't. So yeah. I told you, I told you, Jack. I don't do feet or inches. I'm about one seventy four centimeters. What is that? Whatever mean? that is. <laughs> what is that? Mean? I don't know. What, what are you using the metric system or something, dude? Come on. <laughs> I think it's about five foot six, five foot seven. Maybe. Are you all the same size? Wow. Oh no. Man, it's about one seventy four like centimeters. Five. You're five foot seven. There you go. You know we gotta now we gotta do a show on midgets. Huh. Do, you, do y'all go about pounds or how how, how much? Hey, weight? now don't be talking about pounds now. No, we go by kilos. So I'm I'm about eighty six kilos. He's freaking y'all go by Nikita Koloff stuff. I remember the first time I heard that was Nikita Koloff. About 85, 86 kilos now. Hey man, when you talk about South Texas and you talk about kilos, that's a whole different meaning. He's like 190 pounds. You're getting uh when you talk about kilos down in Texas, you're talking about Pablo Escobar <laughs> territory. Come on, man. Yeah, yeah. All right. So now that we've rambled on for an hour, we get Ramble to on. Oh, not the Zeppelin Chronicles. My bad. I'm a Led Zeppelin fan. Um, You're not a Led Zeppelin fan. I oh, like the weird stuff, but I, I'm not a big. Yeah, but you like Journey, so there you go. Nothing and docking, ain't nothing good about it either. <laughs> rocking, rocking with docking. I saw that somebody posted that on it. No, it was it was somebody. It was it was somebody that said that I saw some comedian one time. You'll be rocking with docking, and the guys like, no, you're gonna be sucking with docking. You know, I, I know we're getting off the wrestling. It's your show. You don't care. You know that he uh, he made the comment in an interview a couple weeks ago. He didn't know who would play him in their biopic when they had. I was like, what the? You think they're going to do a movie about Dawkins? Don Dawkins. He is just. You you would probably make it. You like there's him so not going to be there's not going to be a Dawkins movie. That's well, that should tell you something right there. He's, he's, I mean, hell, you can say what you want to about Kiss. At least they got spinning gold. Yeah, and what yeah. happened to the whole Kiss biopic that was supposed to happen? I know there was a there was supposed to be like you know, I was yeah, I, there. It's yeah. coming out in twenty twenty seven. Didn't you see? 
Oh, is that is that gonna be is that gonna be when Dubai comes out too? Well, Probably. no, they couldn't get the they couldn't get the makeup permission from Ace since he still owns it. Do you know? <laughs> I don't know if if y'all got it or not. The lick it up. Uh, reissue the anniversary set with. I got it. When did you get yours? I haven't got it. I just got an email saying it's on its way. <laughs> when did you order it? God, I forgot I ordered it. Shit, by about <laughs> August, September. You know oh, that wow. thing. That thing came out was released December the eighth. So I, it's in record stores. It's everywhere. I just got. No, that. but they only made they only made three thousand of them, didn't they? Well, I mean, it the people that that ordered it on you ordered on Kiss Online, of course. I didn't listen to my boy Branford, so Branvold, so who? Yeah, that guy too. <laughs> anyway, I just got mine. You know, it was pre-ordered like when it the day it came out, they announced and everything. That was like August or September, yeah, wasn't it? I pre-ordered it and I just got it. Uh, Don't open it; only three thousand made. Yeah, two weeks, and I got the hoodie too. Yeah, I got the I got a different hoodie. I got the I got the two guitars. I didn't get the there was some I had to like do it a certain way. I got a different kind of hoodie. Uh, yeah, the world tour. No, I got the oh, one with cool. the two guitars. Yeah, I got the cool. one with the two guitars. The the that's the I, uh, I couldn't I couldn't yeah, I couldn't get I didn't want to buy that because I didn't want a creatures thing because that's a creature's tank and it just didn't mean the same. Yeah, it's actually three so what's in it. It's three in here. Uh, this the Look actual. It. It's like, uh, okay, yeah. It's actually <laughs> the, the regular, the regular album, and then you got like artwork. Uh, two forty-five albums. It's uh, the "Lick It Up" single, which had not put in, and I still love you on the other side. And then "All Hell Is Breaking You Loose" had "Young and Wasted" on the other side, which that's pretty cool. It's a good single. Yeah. So is that the recent box set like I did for Creatures and Destroyers? No, it's, it's, not, no. it's not a box set. Like, like it's a special Christmas. edition. Yeah. Ah, okay. Creatures one. If if that's still out there and you can get it, uh, definitely. I got the work. Destroyer one. Yeah, it's it's just just as good. As, well, Destroyer one's better than Creatures, but it's still. Good. I I got the Destroyer one, but I didn't open it. It's over on the. Yeah, I mean, I I. I opened it. I was going to look at see all that stuff in there. There's a ton of stuff in the destroyer one, but uh, creatures has got right much stuff in there too. And so they everything always goes back to kiss. <laughs> How do you tie kiss into this episode? You always do it. Kiss right. had managers. This is the top five favorite managers. There you go. Doc McGee, Mister Magoo. Uh, well, you know. I sit here thinking about it the other night when the, when the whole thing ended, is and and we still haven't heard if Paul, what Paul said to him after Doc gave the interview to Sink and Stanley that time. I wonder how that went. I'd love to. Be, you remember that when he said? I don't, that, I don't. I don't think anything happened. I don't think Paul. I think Paul's checked out. I don't think he cares. Yeah, but nah. he said he confirmed the backing track. Paul and I and I. Let me tell you something. That that dude's annoying. It's it was funny it, the first it two hundred times you hear it. It's kind of like what you're saying about the ace thing. It's like okay, it, give it a rest. Exactly. The the whole sink and Stanley thing is. It was now dope. listen. If he left it at the very first five or so things, it was funny. It was so funny because it was around the time of Paul doing his 
pandemic he, cool stuff. He is the troll. He can't help himself. And we were talking yeah. about trolls earlier. They just can't help themselves, whether it's yep. politics, music, anything. They just always got to be out there and give their opinion because it's important for people to hear. Just like us wrestling fans. Exactly. Well, this is, the you know, all four listeners hear this stuff, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, we got five now, I think. I think we actually picked up somebody overseas. Oh, maybe yeah. that was Pinocchio. That was Pinocchio watching his watching us. Oh shit! Now there goes it, man. So don't, he don't count since he's on the show. Yeah, but uh, tonight, the main event tonight, like you saw in the intro, is our top five favorite wrestling managers of all time. You know, back in the day, you, you know, you don't really see a whole lot of managers now like you did back in the day. You used to be. <clears throat> You had and you had some bad ones. Not every manager was good. Um, I don't know, and I'm sure Ward remembers. I don't know if Pinocchio remembers a guy named Paul Jones, um, Manny Fernandez, and um, who was the other guy? Rick Rude, right? Rick Rude. He, but he had. <laughs> this is how bad it was back then with Paul Jones. Now Paul Jones was a a pretty, a pretty a good wrestler. I mean, he he, he teamed with Steamboat, wanted to. NWA World Tag Team titles. He he held the U.S. title a few times. He was tag team champion with Steamboat. Yeah, yeah. So he was a he was a face at one time. Yeah, I just yeah. remember him as a heel. Yeah, yeah. I always remember him fighting the Boogeyman, Jimmy Valiant. That's all I remember. Yeah. But he had his army. They called it Paul Jones' army, and he started off with like I think one of them, Superstar Billy Graham, the Barbarian, Abdullah the Butcher. Uh, went on to you know had the big feud with Jimmy Valiant, but. When you get a manager, and I don't know how, what you guys think about managers, but a manager is supposed to be a good mouthpiece for you. He's supposed to get the point across. Uh, so most of the time, the ones that had the managers are, are guys that are not that great on the microphone. Paul Jones was horrible on the microphone. You go back and watch him on the microphone it, it try to cut a promo and he's this way that way i mean he's all over the place and i mean kind of like, like kind of like me right yeah pretty much but uh i mean he had some guys that he wrestled that were not bad i mean like you said rude and fernandez won the the tag belts for the rock and roll express then he had the powers of pain i mean they were they were right they had a big feud with the road warriors but it's like a it's like a tribute band versus a band. Then he went down to like the Russian assassins, which Jack Victory in one of his 30,000 mask wrestlers that he was. Um, Russian assassins? I got to look that up. Him. Okay, let, let me tell you. when. Okay, Powers of Pain leave. Manny Fernandez leaves. So you got Ivan Koloff is still there, and Paul Jones is managing him. So he gets these guys called the Russian assassins. They're mask wrestlers. It's only one at first, but Paul Jones, you know, Ivan Koloff at one of the class of champions is fighting, of all people, Ricky Morton in a Russian chain match. You know, and, and that's, you, that's supposed to be Ivan Koloff's specialty is Russian chain match. He loses the chain match to Ricky Morton. What and did they borrow Hulk Hogan's, like, red and yellow? Shit, they look just yeah. like Hulk Hogan's colors. Paul Jones... Paul Jones was holding, had his like riding crop that Paul Jones rode, took to the ring. 
Ivan Koloff was holding on to it, and Paul Jones let go of it. That caused him to lose the match. They argue in the ring. Another Russian assassin appears. They jump him. And it was setting up for Starcade 88 to be the Russian assassins versus a reunited Ivan and Nikita Koloff. And this is after Nikita was healed. Oh, it was a babyface? Yeah, Nikita was a babyface. And Nikita helped Ivan. He got jumped a couple times by the assassins again. Nikita helps him. Nikita, all of a sudden, I don't know if this was when his wife was sick, uh, but Nikita leaves, and Nikita is play, replaced quickly by the junkyard dog. And didn't quite have the same luster as Nikita and Ivan versus hmm. uh, the Russian assassins. But You always, you always got to love, love these. Like, who in creative came up with this? Russian assassin one, Russian assassin two. How <laughs> oh, do you tell who's who? That's like... That 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 tag team they had that they were hat enhanced the talent a lot. Thunderfoot, the Thunderfoots, Thunderfoot one and two, and then they would team up with guys that were just like off the street. Thunderfoot one and Randy Mulkey versus something. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. teaming together. But anyway, so tonight we're gonna give our top five favorite uh, wrestling managers of all time. But I think. Uh, I think number one is going to be identical for a couple of us. I'm not sure about the third, but uh, I'm pretty sure. But we'll, we'll have to wait and see. So let's go from bottom around. We'll go around. Like, is that counter? Is that counterclockwise? That's so, clockwise to me, but. Yeah. Cat, Warden goes first, then Pinocchio, then me. So that that's cast. That's can That is the way you counterclockwise. Okay. So, Warden, <laughs> are we going to do our honorable mentions after or before? What do you want yeah, to do after? Go after. Okay. I okay. told the guy, I told the guys that I uh, that I was going to uh, kind of piss them off with my list because I have two sets of ties. I have two ties <laughs> in my, <laughs> yeah. and I don't, and I don't. And I don't care, and I don't care because, you know, it's a podcast, and, you know, I'm never going to match Stevie's honorable mention, so this is my thing. Oh, Steve, you've done the same damn thing. Whatever, dude. So my number five is a tie between the mouth of the South and Precious Paul Erling because the mouth of the South and Precious Paul, they managed two of my favorite teams, Jimmy Hart with the Hart Foundation and uh, Precious Paul with the Road Warriors, of course. Jimmy Hart, uh, it, he is a guy that evidently wrote a lot of music and uh, for like a lot of wrestlers. But I remember him with that freaking megaphone when he's sitting there. He, hey, baby, you got this, baby, you got this. Just annoying <laughs> hell. And I remember the first time, one of the first times I saw the Road Warriors, Precious Paul was wrestling with them. I was like, why is there a manager wrestling? But Ev but Paul was Precious Paul was a, he was a wrestler as well. He's like Paul Jones. Mm -hmm. And uh just I had to tie these guys together because they're they're just they're I don't think I mean I, I they, they 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 represent two of my favorite teams. The the you know, and so I had to give them a tie. So sue me, Stevie, you know. And my no termination letter and the thing, but I had to put these two ties. So that's my that's my first of two ties. So so <laughs> I'll go ahead and tell well, Paul Ellerin didn't make my list. Um, Blasphemy! Paul Ellerin, not only a, a wrestler, but a big-time power lifter. Mm -hmm. uh, 
and a smart guy. They, they used to talk about it. He was not just a manager to, to be on screen with him. He used to make all the arrangements for him. He used to handle their money. He uh, was a manager in all senses of the word. Yeah. In, in and outside of the ring. But, yeah, it's great manager. They, they – um. He always used to have, I don't think it was the Wall Street Journal he used to have on because, yeah. you know, you'd see that as a kid go, man, that guy knows what he's talking about. He's got the Wall Street I, Journal in his hands. He <laughs> actually competed in it. I did a rod. Uh, so What's that? That uh, dog race, sled race in Alaska. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I didn't know that. that. And, it, and his, his daughter is actually uh, Rachel Ellerin. She's competing. I don't know. Yeah, I saw, I saw that. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know where she's at now. I'll have to look that up. Parts but, unknown. But yeah, he, you know, he, like we were talking about before we went over there, uh, Magic Road Warriors. Then he went, you know, of course, the Legion of Doom was back in Georgia, was not just the Road Warriors. I mean, they were. It was a whole faction. He had. He had Jake the Snake in there. He had King Kong Bundy. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm thinking Rick Rude may have been a part of that one time, but yeah, he he's had some guys, you know. That we we talked about it earlier about like you know how you know a lot of times wrestlers can't talk, you know, and they can't you know they can't you know they had to be the mouthpiece for their their um, wrestlers. That wasn't the case with the the Road Warriors and Ellering. They all three could talk. Yeah. Well. It was always interesting to see Hawk because you never knew what Hawk might say. Hawk talked about uh, there. There's an interview out there where Hawk talks about raping Ric Flair. He was going to rape Ric Flair. Who was who was y'all's favorite Road Warrior? Just off topic. Probably, I would say Hawk. Hawk had more personality, uh, and that may have been it. May have been because of some other stuff, but he had more personality. I like, I like animal. I like animal. Yeah, I was, I was an animal guy too, even though his son played for OU. The uh, one thing about um, <laughs> there was a wrestling game in the eighties that it was like a knockoff. It wasn't WWE or NWA related, but that had a wrestler on there that was animal, dude. And it was like that's freaking animal. I mean, I'm surprised they got away with that. But if that would have been WWE, they would have sued. But AEW, AEW didn't care probably. All right, so Ellerin and Hart for your number. And I'll talk about. I'll talk That's about. That's why I'm Jason's top seven. Yeah, I'll talk about heart in a few minutes. Hey man, I never was good in math, so hey, you know. <laughs> All right, Pinocchio, new number five. All right, so speaking about math, um, <laughs> this is probably one of one of my favorite uh, managers. Obviously, he's number five. Um, he introduced probably one of the greatest wrestlers ever before he changed his name. And that is the Million Dollar Man. He brought out the Ringmaster. So, so a, lot, a lot of people would probably think of Ted DiBiase as a wrestler, but in his later years, he obviously became a manager. What yeah. was you know, the he name bribed of people. You know, he, he was he was a heel manager. He was a great heel manager. What was the name well, of the faction then? Because he had a faction. Because he had uh, Bam Bam was in there. Tatanka. Yeah. Um, he had a few. Yeah. Nikolai Volkov was in there because they made him wear the tuxedo. He yeah. also managed. He also managed NWO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He managed the Ste- after he left the NWO, then he managed the Steiners for a little while too. 
And that now was you know why a lot of them. Now you know why a lot of those NWO people were broke because he managed their money. Oh, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Him, him, him and Brett. Oh, I won't say the name. He might sue me. Him and who? Pull a Shannon Sharp. I don't want to say his name. He'll sue me. Oh, I know who you are. Who you talking about now? Uh, I, I want to find out the name of that group he managed. Hold on, I'm looking right now. I thought I've run it down, but yeah, no, he actually managed a lot of people. Um, of course, yeah, had the million dollar belt as well. But uh, for a lot of people who don't know, um, the ringmaster actually became Stone Cold. Which, yeah, you look at that persona from back then to now, two different completely people. Uh, two different people. So. Yeah, the million dollar corporation. No. That's had, it, yes. He had uh IRS, which was Mike Rotunda, Bam yeah. Bam Bigelow, Nikolai Volkov, Kama, which was uh the the godfather, Papa uh, Shango, King Kong Bundy, Psycho Sid, one, two, three kids, you know, X Pac or whatever you want to call them, and in a swerve Tatanka. I always I always kind of wondered what Ted DiBiase, he mean, obviously he became born again. I read his book and mm-hmm. half of it's half of it's like, you know, talking about that. I always wonder what he thought about when Austin did the 316. Cause I know I was, I mean, back then I was, you know, you know, before I became a full fledged heathen, you know, I kind of, I always thought that was, I mean, I don't know how you, you know, how you don't get offended with that. Cause that's, you know, you talk about the, the ultimate Bible verse. That's, that's uh, John three sixteen and Austin three sixteen. That would have been before Ted changed, correct? No. Or yeah. That was, oh, I, no. I think he was. I think he was actually a Christian then, because okay. um, I, I know Jake the Snake was, and I know that Austin. I think it was just spontaneous. God, yeah. can you imagine Jake, if he came out? Jake, Jake if was. I, Jake was a Christian on screen. Yeah. Can you he, imagine if Austin said that now? Oh my God! They would be canceling WWE. Oh my, he couldn't. I mean, the nineties, the nineties. There was a lot of politically in, uh, politically incorrect BS, but I mean, that was just the ultimate, just you know, off the cuff thing, you yeah. know. And you know, it wasn't scripted, and that's what's missing in a lot of wrestling nowadays is that the spontaneous thing. But well, look, you know, if you yeah. haven't read his book, Jack, read um, read Dibiase's book. It's probably on Amazon cheap. But he talks about like how his dad gave him a start. His dad wasn't his real dad; it was his stepdad. Yes. And it talks yep. about like when his dad died in the ring, how the Funks yeah. and all them took care of the family. I mean, they took care of their own back then. And 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 Ted DiBiase, God, he he made my top. I think he made one of our lists. We did. I mean, Million Dollar Man. He was he was one of my favorites growing up. I, I loved him in Mid South and everything. That's another one too. Um, Ted DiBiase's father was a wrestler too. So, I might. His stepdad, he his yeah, Iron Mike. That's not his real. His, it's no. his stepdad, yeah. But it was like his real dad to him, though. So he, you yeah, I mean, he raised him. It's a good read, Jack. If you if you like, if I you think like he Beyonce. he married a a promoter's daughter, correct? Yeah, mm-hmm. and she stood because by. She stood by him around. all that crap went on. Yeah, yeah. there's a story going around. I can't remember who. What, what promoter was it? It wasn't Jim Crockett. No, it had to be. Whoever, it had to be something. It had to be whoever in El Paso, was, where the, yeah. Where the, where the was, phones, um, phones were. They were in a car with someone, and someone said, "Take this gun away from me, because I'm going to go kill Ted." Because he was dating my daughter. Because he told his daughter never date the wrestlers. It was the it was the Funk Brothers, which are up in El Paso. It was something to do with Dory and and uh, Terry Funk. It was it yeah. was that one. Well, that's like uh, yeah. 
Bobby Bobby Eaton was married to uh, his wife was superstar Bill Dundee. I don't know if y'all remember him. That was yeah. superstar Bill Dundee's daughter. Really? I yeah. always thought Bobby Eaton was gay. Because I remember I remember watching Watch he's beautiful. Missy Hyatt. Say, she, Missy, Missy Hyatt said one thing. He goes, I don't know about Jim and Bobby. They're they're pretty close. I'm like, what? <laughs> they played that whole deal with the, when they were heels. I mean, they did that because they hugged in the ring. Yeah, like, yeah. And it was like, okay. That was, that was to get a, a rise out of the fans, too. And it worked. Especially, really especially in the South, like Borat. Yeah. Remember they went to that, that rodeo? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, DBIC is your number five. All right, so, Warden. No, you're number you, five, Stevie. No, no, I'm saying, Warden. Guess oh. what? You got a tie. Yes, oh. I knew it. I knew it. Good at making you. Jack, Jack, you haven't listened to our like. You, you go back and listen to our Gene, Gene top ten list, man. It's like there's like fifty people that fit, each list has fifty because there's like so many ties. <laughs> so, first, five, I guess five. 5A or 5B, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, exactly. That's what it is. James J. Dillon. Uh, yeah. You know, he started – a lot of people didn't realize J.J. Dillon was not an old guy when he was managing the horsemen. He, he looked it, though. He looked it. He looked like he was in his 60s, but he was a young guy back then. And he uh, he was He's actually old. a wrestler. Yeah. He wrestled for, in Florida. But – he comes to Crockett and he starts managing people. He's got Black Bart. He's got Ron Bass, uh, the other Nature Boy, Buddy Landale. And uh, then I guess Landale does one of his disappearing acts and he gets tied up with Tully Blanchard. And all of a sudden you got the CEO of Tully Blanchard Enterprises. And that turns into the Four Horsemen. And, uh, and not only. I mean, J.J. would take some bumps, too. I mean, how many times do you see J.J. take a, the bionic elbow from Dusty? Or look at the look at the first war games when Animal and Hulk put him out and, I mean, legitimately hurt him. That was the last wrestling match J.J. Dillon ever competed in because they popped his shoulder out. and messed It hurt me to see it. God. Yeah. I mean, and then what always killed me was and I heard this story later on. I guess it was on a Warren podcast when Magnum got in his wreck and Dusty was supposed to wrestle in Charlotte against Ole and J.J. Dillon. And if he lost, he couldn't compete at Starcade. Uh, and he comes to the ring with Nikita. And, you know, they, they show Dusty taking the cast where he got his arm broke and hitting J.J. Dillon in the head. I mean, he's got blood coming out. And they show him that. The next next TV tape is they showed uh, JJ with all this. I mean, he swole up, got a black eye. He had reconstructed some kind of surgery, like facial surgery, and they played that into the storyline and made it look like Dusty had beat him so bad that he was uh, he was bruised up like that. He said, "I've always considered my self a handsome man, but what Dusty did to me that this is going to score me for life." And I was like, "Oh gosh, they really beat him up." But then finding this out later on, I'm like. Dude, really? But so, yeah, J.J. Dillon, you know, manager of the horseman, and kind of, a, you know, he could be a boring guy, but he wasn't as bad on the mic as some people think he was. But, uh, and my 5B, you talked about him earlier, Jimmy Hart. 
Uh, I mean, you look at Jimmy Hart, the Hart Foundation, and you forgot to mention the longest reign, well, one of the longest reign intercontinental champions, the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, <laughs> I mean, you take a guy like the Honky Tonk Man to the intercontinental title and hold it for that long. Uh, he, he, of course, he had the Nasty Boys. Uh, then he turns babyface of all things and imagines Hulk Hogan and Brutus the freaking Barber Beefcake, the mega, whatever they were called back then. Dude, Brutus the Barber Beefcake is a lot better than the Honky Tonk Man. Come on. I don't know. I think they were Hon Honky Tonk Man was just god awful. It, I I mean, he, was, he was horrible. God. You ever see Honky Tonk with um, uh, Valentine together? They tried, the to make him a, they tried to make him a good guy. They tried, they tried to make him a good guy. I mean, it was, it was hey, one of the worst gimmicks ever. Oh. Look, when they came out as Rhythm and Blues and Greg Valentine had jet black hair, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And get WrestleMania in Toronto. They come to the ring on a pink-black Cadillac. Do you know who was driving that pink-black Cadillac? Diamond Dallas Page. Yeah. Exactly. It was his car. I know. They said that so Dusty... technically technically he was in WWF early on. Yeah. Well, I think I think back then he was already 50 years old too. So if you look at it, they they said that, uh, that, yeah, that yoga pays off evidently, you know. Hey oh, yeah. Bruce Prichett was talking about it and he said uh they were looking for a different interest and it, and they said, What about a pink Cadillac? And Dusty Rose said, Yeah, my boy Dallas down there in Florida, he got a he got a pink Cadillac. We get Dallas to bring it up here. Uh, get him to come up here with. Man, it. I tell you, we need to do a worst gimmicks of all time. Honky Tonk Man would be on my list. God, I hated that character. So, and I, he looks like Kenny Rogers. And I usually like heels. I mean, the guy hearing the guy talk, he's great. But that character was just awful. the night. The night he pushed Elizabeth down. Yes. Get Savage with the with yes. the guitar, and you saw it just looked like. It exploded on Savage's head because I mean, well, like, it's like like Jeff Jarrett said they put powder in him to hit yeah. him over the head. Yeah, but, but he, God dang, man! I mean, it took Elizabeth long enough to get Hogan. He doesn't have a monitor backstage. See what the hell's going on? <laughs> but that was the night the Mega Powers were born, and then and know, I, maybe that could be it because I love Savage, you know. So it's maybe that could be it. I I never bought into, and I usually I'm usually a heel guy, but the Honky Tonk Man was just I just. Ugh. There's a lot of rumors that Honky Tonk was supposed to win the IC title from – no, Savage was supposed to win it from Honky Tonk, and uh, Honky Tonk refused to do it. That's so, true. Seems so like when that happened, Vince decided, okay, this is the rumor now. I don't, I don't know if this is true now. The plan was to put the World Heavyweight Championship, DiBiase, win the tournament. But when that happened and Honky wouldn't do it, they just put the world title on Savage. See, I I don't I don't get that. I don't get how you can refuse be like a Bret Hart, you know, to put the title over. You know, it's you know, be a Flair. You know, Flair didn't give a shit. He was there. He was a champion. But you had these prima donnas like Bret Hart, and who's I still like Hart, but he wouldn't do the thing in Montreal. Honky Tonk Man. I mean, I don't know how. Like, if your boss told you, Stevie, well, you you know, you're getting paid a lot more. I mean, they're getting paid a lot more to put somebody over. I mean, that's. And it's like Stone Cold. With, then, uh, you, you, well, look what Stone Cold did with, with Sid with uh, did with Lesnar. I mean, come on, you put the guy over. It's your job. Yeah. Well, I think Brett, back then you would have got paid more if you were a champion. 
rather then, than not. Then look at how he loses the belt. He loses the belt in like 30 seconds to the Ultimate Warrior. Mm. All right, you talk about the two worst wrestlers of all time. Two worst attitudes of all time. But yeah, I, I, I that's like two of my least favorite wrestlers, Ultimate Warrior and Honky Tonk. And his heart goes on in WCW. Russell, I mean, he manages uh, so many people there. Turns on Hogan, uh, manages the Giants when he makes his. Did he his, turn on Hogan with the uh, Brutus Beefcake when he became what was that character? I, I thought he was later after Beefcake. Oh. He, he turned. Uh, BK turned first and called himself the Butcher. For, that was his first gimmick. The Butcher. Was, then he what became, was the one where he had the makeup and like the. Oh, the yeah. That, was, that was, was horrible, dude. Then he became the man with no name. Yeah. Uh, then he became the Booty Man. I mean. Yeah, Booty Man. Oh my gosh. Dude, dude, there was no better wrestler look than Brutus Bar Beefcake in the 80s. I mean, he wore shit that would make Paul Stanley jealous from Animal Life. There is I him and Valentine, they were a great. I like that team. And Jimmy is, Hart managed them. There is footage. I don't know if it ever aired on TV. Uh, when Earthquake was the big heel in in WWF, and he was he had a squash match against the guy, and he was after the match when he was still beating the guy up. Here comes a mask guy to the ring. He's got this god awful mask on. And they're like, who is this guy? They called him the Mariner. And it was okay. BK. Seattle Mariner? Like like the, the Look, shit. I don't know what I don't know how to describe but, it. Did he turn on Hogan when he had the mask on, like the black outfit, and Hogan was well, beating they, him they up? And- whole, they did that whole angle. They did it at a Clash of Champions where a mask guy hit Hogan in the leg, and Hogan had to go to the hospital and came back and defended the belt or whatever. But there were there were the mask guy made like several different appearances, and then at uh, gosh, what was it? It was Halloween Havoc when he fought Flair. I think it was for the retirement match. And after the match was over, the mask guy comes in the ring, and Hogan's posing, and Hogan <laughs> Hogan ends up beating the guy down, and he pulls the mask off, and he sees his beefcake, and beefcake's like, you can read his mouth. It's not what you think, brother. Yeah, oh, yeah, I remember that. What do you think? I mean, you. But yeah, so. there's a there's a picture of I guess him and Hogan have been friends for so long. There's a picture when they're both blonde and have long hair. They look like brothers. He was yeah, because they played their, they were playing them as they were brothers. Yeah, but that shit that happened to him with that parasailing thing that was evidently true. That was true. You walking yeah. along the beach and that shit hits you in the face. My God, that was true. That's why he wore that freaking. Uh, Big iron mask. It's kind of like a mask when he fought the Money Inc. at that WrestleMania that time. Should have uh, wore. He should have went to the Undertaker's doctor and got that mask. Well, the purple one. All right. So number four for you, Warden. You know, Stevie, I've known you long. We've known each other for a couple years ago, and how I am so. I it just. I'm so shocked that you have. You know, somebody associated with Arn Anderson. I mean, don't you ever get. Don't you ever, I mean, dude, all the time and everything like that. I mean, it's like everything goes back to everything goes back to the horseman and Arn Anderson and all that stuff. So of course, my number four is JJ Dillon. <laughs> yeah, JJ Dillon, uh, kind of what you mentioned before, Stevie. He was like a wrestler uh before. And that I remember that bump he took from I think it was Hawk that he took when Animal had it. I was one of the two. But he landed wrong, and that hurt me to watch it. 
but you know, you 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 talk you you talk about you know not being the best talker. I think he was the perfect guy for the Horsemen because you had you had Flair, Blanchard, Anderson, and my favorite part about Dylan is when Lex Luger was in the Four Horsemen, and Lex Luger started being kind of more full of himself, knowing now that he was just a stooge for Flair. And you'd have J.J. Dillon just sitting there, you know, sucking on his glasses with Luger talking about how he was the best of the horsemen. And J.J. Dillon was like, wait, 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 you know, and stuff. And Yeah, that was after uh, that was after Starcade 87 when he lost the belt to Dusty. But he was the only horseman that lost, and that's what Arn Anderson made it a point. But well, I was winning, and Tully was winning, and Flair was winning, one of us didn't. And he was trying to hold it all together. Yeah, I thought J.J. Dillon was great. He had a podcast a few years ago. I guess he retired from the business and he worked in a prison. And it was like the one podcast without that guy that's on every other podcast. Uh, Conrad. Yeah, Conrad. Conrad. It was a good one, but I don't see it anymore. But it was like a, it was an in-depth one that he would talk about. He'd talk about the Nick Bonkwinkle days. I guess he worked back then and when he worked for WWE as a scout. But yeah, J.J. Dillon, definitely, you know, one of my favorites as well. Yeah, uh you, you talk about that Luger made the comment in that interview that uh, you can come to the ring with me, but you know, my matches will not be decided by outside interference anymore. And JJ was like looking around yeah. like, well, so yeah. And didn't, they, didn't they do that to where Luger turned face and then Wyndham took his place, right? Yeah. Uh, probably yeah. about four, four months later, Wyndham turned on Luger. Yeah, because he was helping Wyndham out and stuff, and then yeah, okay. Luger and Wyndham were the tag team champions. They had beat Tully and Orn at the first class of champions, and I'm gonna tell you guys if you can go back and watch that, that is the biggest pop I've ever heard. The Greensboro Coliseum when they beat Tully and Orn because it was caused JJ held up a chair in the ring and. Luger ended up pulling Arn Anderson into it, and they pinned him. And gosh, that place went nuts. But then it, it, I think they held the belt maybe a month, and Luger, Wyndham turned on Luger, and they like, and that's how Arn and Tully got the belt, belts back. That should be those two factions. I would, I would say the one with Luger and the one with probably Wyndham's the best. I was never a big Ole Anderson fan. Yeah, I guess the original one, but it didn't. He didn't fit. But when they had Wyndham and Luger, I think they were at their height. You know, I know Stevie's favorites with Paul Roma, so but we won't talk about that. Pretty but, uh, Paul Roma. But I remember when they when Luger was doing this shit, and they were telling a story. You knew it was coming. You knew that Luger was going to get enough of the bullshit. And I think he turned on. Didn't he turn on? He turned on Dylan, didn't he? And then they went after him or whatever. But yeah, it was yeah, it, it was a story that they would build up. It's kind of like what the Judgment Day was able to pull off. You knew that the Sammy turn was coming, and they did it just right because you knew it was coming. And when they did it, that pop just was great. The way the way they did the Luger babyface turn was they used to have a thing uh, in like January and February in in Crockett. They did it. They had a thing called the Bunkhouse Stampede matches, yeah. and it was pretty much a battle royal where you came. Everybody wear their they wear their boots and their yeah. blue jeans. Yeah. Dress like you want to. You come with what you want to. It was brutal. And the last four in the ring was JJ, Luger, Orn, and Tully. And Tully 
Tully, he he jumped right over that. I mean, he, he eliminated himself. And then Orange said, Orange was like, no problem. We're gonna, he jumped over. And then Luger was sitting there walking around the ring like this. <clears throat> and Orange said, <clears throat> what are you doing? He said, we're all, we're going we're gonna to let That's JJ good. get this one. And Luger said, I'll, I'll make my, the best decision for me. Is that, how he, is that how he turned? I don't remember. And he ended up putting JJ in a torture rack and then throwing him. Oh, over. that's right. That's right. <clears throat> and then Orrin and Tully jumped him. So, uh, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's one thing about Luger. I think him going to the WWE ruined him because it's like, you see Lex Luger before he went to the WWE. He was actually, I think, a better wrestler. But well, like when he went to the WWE, it's like he got a bigger head or something, but he was never the same when he came back. He bulked up a lot right yeah. before because he was going to be in that. The way they were going to get by the uh, the no compete clause was Vince had started a World Bodybuilding Federation, the WBF, yeah. and Luger was in that. But then Luger had a motorcycle wreck. That's when he put the 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 they said the steel plate in his in his forearm, and he used to use that move where he knocked him out with the forearm yeah you know yeah. what i would have done if i was vince i would have like had like a no motorcycles clause after what happened to carrie and what happened to luger like yeah. no no motorcycles man shit there's video footage of luger in wwf <clears throat> excuse me coming out your boy your boy uh cornet talked about that i saw it yeah it was a chance people, people are like just looking around like there's no pop nothing they're just like and that's why they didn't put it on it. That's stupid. There's, there's so many stories about going into that WrestleMania that year that that Luger got drunk at a bar and told uh, somebody, yeah, I'm going to win the belt at, at WrestleMania yeah. more, and they changed the plans up on him. Uh, but I don't know if that's so or not. But The highlight of Luger's career is when he came out to WCW. He just – I mean, he, he got paid like not even a tenth of what the other guys got paid because he wanted a chance so much. I I personally think he should have stayed in WC, WWE, but you know that you can't deny that you know you think he he went left for more money, but shit he didn't. He just did it because he saw the direction, and honestly that that kept him out of the you know WWE future and the Hall of Fame. Well, I'll tell you this: <clears throat> if you listen to Arn talk about being in WWE, the schedule that they had. Arn Arn went back to WCW for less money, but he mm -hmm. was closer to home and he would be he could be home at night. That, that, and he said he felt totally totally fine with that. So, all right, number number four for you, Pinocchio. Four for me. Okay, I reckon to me this is like probably the most well known of managers, even though he's number four. Um, he's someone who had his own family, and that's probably the probably the brain Heenan. I right. think he's probably one of the greatest managers around ever. To have to have your own faction known as the family. Um, I, re I remember when he said Saturday night's main event was the first time I saw, and I forgot who he smashed. May have been Bundy when he when Bundy was getting the big push against Hogan, and that's when I saw. Heenan for the first time with his family, you know. I mean, and then and then pulling the big coup and getting Andre 
to turn, uh, heel. Yeah. That was, and nobody else, no other manager that, that was in WWF at the time could have could have managed Andre like Heenan did, and get him get that heat. And I think that's why they did because they knew, as beloved as Andre was, if they didn't put him with somebody like that, then he was that you know they were scared he would he might get cheered over Hogan. Um, but yeah, Heenan, yeah, I'll talk about him in a little bit too. I'm not going. They, I remember. Um the thing about Heenan is uh, I remember that um, of course, you know, they had this thing back in the eighties jet called the uh, post circuit TV you used to, they didn't have the things at your house. You had to go to like a movie theater or a bar to watch this stuff. And I remember back in the day when we lived in an apartment, especially here in the night in the States, you know, they had free cable. They would give you free shit. They would give you free cable. And we had showtime and showtime, uh, they broadcast the WrestleMania two. That was the one that was in the three different locations. They oh, had the big terrible one. Uh, I not the time, but it was Hogan versus uh, Bundy in the cage. And uh, it was when he took Heenan and like threw him into the cage. You know, Heenan could talk, but he could also sell. Yes. Yeah. That's the, that's the that, one, yeah. And just that stuff that with Heenan, him and with Gorilla Monsoon, that was just freaking. Oh gosh, they were great. I mean, it's just those two, and you could tell they were good friends. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, and it's like, you know, will you stop? You know, and it's just, you know, I have a feeling that I might be talking about Bobby a little bit later. So I'll yeah, I'll definitely be talking about Bobby later. Um, so me for number four, the four, the the manager formerly known as. Percival Pringle, uh, who goes on to be oh, Undertaker, Paul Bearer. How, how'd that go again, Stevie? Oh, Undertaker. He, I mean, I remember, <clears throat> you know, back in the day, you didn't have cable. We didn't have cable. We had, we could only watch NWA and WWF, but getting the wrestling magazines. Did you have color TV, Stevie, or was that before? Yes, yes we had color TV. We didn't live back when you were in your 20s. Um, yeah, you're right behind me, dude. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, reading in the wrestling magazines about Texas and world-class championship wrestling, Percy Pringle, he, he managed Rick Rude. He actually managed uh, the Dingo Warrior, who come, goes on to be the ultimate warrior. Um, still, ter still terrible. Terrible. But uh, And then all of a sudden – he disappears for a while, but he pops back up on WWF TV. And he, believe it or not, a real life mortician. So he knew he, he had his own funeral home. Uh, matter of fact, I just listened to uh, whose podcast was it the other day? And they were replaying a clip from the episode where Barra was supposed to announce that he was the uh, he was Kane's daddy. And him and Jerry Lawler were talking backstage, oh, and God. they were talking about they were talking about how it happened. And he, he was like, "Yeah, it was wham bam, thank you, ma'am." She, she, I think yeah. that was the um something to wrestle um omnibus when he was away for a week. They just chucked it in. I remember yeah. that one. He uh, and then and then they played it off like it wasn't supposed to happen. Lawler, they come out from a commercial, and Lawler apologizes and says, "Well, uh." We, we, to our understanding, we 
we just realized our that that was not supposed to be played over you know national television we apologize for the comments made we apologize to blah blah and all that i was like okay yeah like that was really real but um you know and then to see paul bear turn on the undertaker start managing mankind and kane that whole angle that was that was a freaking awesome angle um and i think you know unfortunately he passed away uh, a while back but uh yeah there's a lot of one of my guys on another podcast i'm on matt Semenza up there in new jersey he said that was paul bear was the all-time best manager uh out there so i'll have to throw matt a shout out for that but uh he is my number what four not a good one i figured out uh, that might be on your list warden being he's from Texas. who who paul bear percy pringle did not make my list he's in my honorable mentions um, there is a, I remember him when he was Percy Pringle managed Rick Rude. And there's a story, uh, that it's posted about how he was kind of going through some financial problems and he reached yeah. out to Rick Rude and, uh, it tells you what kind of guy Rick Rude was. He gave the, he gave the, uh, information to Vince and brought him up there. Uh, I have a, uh, kind of a personal story with, uh, man, with, uh, Paul Bear. Uh, I remember back in the, I think I told you that story when we went to wrestling back one of my first matches mm -hmm. and I think it was actually my first, it was, it was probably my first match and it was Tito Santana and uh, Haku were fighting each other and we were all hanging out backstage. This is a, one of the, the things here and we saw them leave together. I'm like, Hey, what the hell? And this is of course in the early nineties back then that was there. But we looked back there, we saw Paul Bearer. And we saw the Undertaker there. They were like hanging out backstage. You know, they're sitting there. I mean, it's like Shawn Michaels is talking to the. Undertaker. I mean, it's it's kayfabe, but it's like playing open. That's kind of before the you know got there. And I remember I was smoking a cigarette when I used to smoke, and I remember Paul Bear looking up at us and going, looking up at us. So I, was, I thought that was always kind of cool that I had that kind of interaction with Paul Bear, but. Yeah, I, I remember him and Percy Pringle, and you couldn't go from Percy Pringle to the Paul Bear. You talk about blonde and Ric Flair looking at hair to like a, you know, to the Undertakers, yeah, you know. Wow. And, but don't you remember when when the Undertaker first came out and he was called Kane the Undertaker? Yeah, that was like yeah, one of the first ones. First, yeah, yeah, but I thought that was pretty cool. And and my favorite thing about Kane is, I don't know when Kane was getting interviewed by Jr. and he threw the. Through the like, it's supposed to be gasoline or something through him, and he burned him. And they didn't show it, but I remember that too. It was just, God, it was a great time to grow up with that stuff. But yeah, he's my honorable mention. Okay, who's your number three? My number three is another tie. There it is. And, and Pinocchio's going to kick my ass for this one. Whoever this Facebook user oh, is, he's, he's pretty. We're doing top five, not top ten. Top five. Top five. The, my number, I'm putting, I'm putting, uh, well, I could say the same thing about what your last one was, but okay. <laughs> uh, I, I, this one is because ah, I remember, ah, shut up. I remember ah, the, uh, Stevie, let me finish, man. Cause it's hard enough for me to concentrate as it is. You know, my ADD kicks in. Uh, I would put Jim Cornette and Paul Heyman together. Because I think I think Paul Heyman is probably one of the, the best talkers. He is a wise man for a reason. But I can't help growing. Remember growing up, 
when Paul Heyman had that dumbass mullet and that cell phone, and Tim, <laughs> Bully, Tim Barnett had that had that racket, and Paul. they had one, of, and they that Paul Heyman's the only guy that can make Jim Cornette a, a, a face. I mean, it's like people hated Paul Heyman enough to cheer for Jim Cornette. That's how good they both were. And they're probably good mm -hmm. friends. They probably, I don't know their story. You're more of a Cornette guy than I am. But those two, I, I put them together, I think, from the WCW days. I, I would say that, you know, I'm a Paul Heyman guy. I'm, I'm a Jim Cornette guy. I, I, I love Jim Cornette. I love Paul Heyman. I love what he's doing. J uh, Paul Heyman may be the best talker in WWE. I mean, just what he's doing now oh, with, yeah. you know, with Roman gone and stuff. I think it's great. So, but Jim Cornette, you know, the guy, I just wish he would, he would express himself more because he just holds back too much. But those two together to me are both great. And they're my number three. And that's my last tie, by the way. So after that. Jeez. Well, we've we've now made Jason's top five already, so I thank you. What what do you mean? Oh, geez, Stevie, what do you mean by that? Is it too low for you? Did I did I blasphemy Cornette by putting him with Heyman? My buddy Kyle has said Cornette should be one or two on anyone's list. You just I'm don't. Not, I'm not anyone, so <laughs> you just don't know Warden. Um. <laughs> no, th th that's a great tie. I mean, you pitched those two and. Like, I don't think the bloodline would be what it is without Heyman. Because no. unless you were a Roman fan five, six years ago, the dude could not talk. He tried. He oh, went he's better away. Now. He's better now. Yeah, he obviously got he, he obviously got acting lessons he's from his time away because he can do it now. He's a good talker. But Roman now. couldn't do anything. Um there was a segment with Cena and Roman. Yeah, that's going great. at it. And Cena's just like he broke kayfabe. He's like, dude, if you got to talk, you got to do it now. It's called a promo. And Roman just goes, "Shut up." So, yeah. I mean, he, it's, almost, it's almost as bad as Sid Vicious. Okay, let's do it again. No, man, we're live. We're, we're all live. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he he actually said suffering succotash in one of his promos. Yeah, y'all remember that? That was yeah. it. I mean, I was—I felt bad for the guy. I was like, "You really just used Sylvester, the cat." I mean, really? Roman wanted to declare himself in one of the Royal Rumbles, but he couldn't get it out. He goes, "I de—I declare," and he looks at the camera. He's like, and the announcer's like, "What are you saying?" I, I posted, the Royal Rumble. I posted one of the worst promos on the Triple Threat main event group. It was a guy. Jumping something, that guy, and I mean, he was he he is. If you had a chance, you need to go back and look at it. He is god awful, but he's so legendary because it was so bad. He said, "Oh, I'm mad now. You done got me mad. When I get mad, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna tear you up limb from limb." And I'm like, "Oh my god, dude, you really got that now." All right, number three for you, Pinocchio. Number three. So we've gone through him already, and um, and that's um Paul Bearer. So basically, he's probably one of the first managers I ever saw, especially when he came out with Kane. He was freaky, man. Like I, at that time, I never knew what a mortician was. Right. I just saw this big guy with his ghost face coming out, his high-pitched squeal, carrying Ooh. a vase, and, and like I said, I didn't know at the time. And he's going, he's alive. 
Like, what is this? And then once he started bringing out the druids and the coffins, like, dude, this guy is insane. But you pair him up. Like, like you said, he was a mortician by trade. Him and Taker, you couldn't put Taker with anyone else. Even though Taker was a, originally a Paul Heyman guy back in WCW. Yeah. Actually, he was originally a Teddy Long guy. Yeah. But Taker and Heyman, they just, not Heyman, um, Barra, they just worked so well, those two. You couldn't put Taker with anyone else. So, but like what we said already about Paul Barra, like you can't, can't top it. Okay. Kyle has given us his top five. Slick. 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 That freaking Jive Soul Bro. You remember that song? Y'all know who his dad is? Rufus R. Jones. Remember Rufus R. Jones? Wrestler? Yeah, that's his dad. Uh, Slick, Paul Bearer, Paul Heyman, Bobby the Brain, and Jim Cornette. So. Good list. Uh, Good Slick. list. Slick. Slick. Slick was an honorable mention. I'll, I'll put that out there now for me. He's a, he's a, you know. He's a four in the figure four. She's a job. He's a, he's a minister now. Yeah. Yes. He, he went baby face right there at the end before he left. Did he? Really? Yeah. I don't remember that. I, I must have checked. I must have checked out when that happened. He, he managed Kamala. Remember Kamala? Dude, he was like, he weighed a buck fifty, man. He was so thin and just he was a good manager. He was a good one. Yeah. All right. So number three for me, you guys just talked about him uh a little bit with Warden, but I'm not gonna put him as a tie. Uh Paul Heyman. Um Remember back in the day, hearing about him, reading about him in the magazines. He, I think he, he started imagining Bam Bam Bigelow when Bam Bam Bigelow was called Crusher Yurkov. Uh, that was the early, early on. Uh, and then, then you see him turn up in Memphis, uh, getting involved in the whole Jerry Lawler versus Austin Idol uh, feud. He, he was married, managing, not marrying. Imagine Austin Idol and Tommy Rich when they shaved uh, Jerry Lawler's head in a cage match. If you ever get the chance to watch that, just just to see the aftermath after they beat, he beat Lawler because Tommy Rich hides under the ring and it's not it's a cage match. It's not a cage like you see in WCW. It's like a wooden cage and. <clears throat> That crowd, I'm telling you, if that crowd could have gotten that cage, I believe they'd have killed Austin Idol, Polly Daisley, and uh, and Tommy Rich. But yeah, and then and then to see him make his debut in WCW uh, with the original Midnight Express coming out at on TBS that night, and they beat up Jim Cornette, just like you said, Warden. Uh, he was so hated that it, everybody loved Jim Cornette after that. Um, mm -hmm. does a, you know, then the original Midnight Express split up. He managed, he comes back with the Samoan SWAT team. Oh. Uh, and then, and he manages, you know, look, the Undertaker is as mean Mark. Um, and, and goes on, of course, nobody really talked about it, but ECW gets put on the map because Paul Heyman. I mean, now his ways that he did things, Probably a lot of guys didn't don't agree with and don't like him because of it, but you know, 
he gets things done. And just like you said, this whole storyline with the bloodline probably would not be where it is without Heyman, yep. my tribal chief. Uh, but Kyle is talking about Lala broke Heyman's jaw while he was in Memphis on purpose. That's because I think I think the story was Heyman, you know, Lawler was in charge back then. Lawler and Jerry Jarrett and Heyman would do something and they got into an altercation and Lawler popped Heyman in the, in the face and I think he did break his jaw. But yeah, he, he's, he's, he's the one that's going to voice it. And I want to say too, Jim Ross said something about one of the times before Heyman got fired from WWE, he uh, <clears throat> he was calling to uh, WWE headquarters from his mom and dad's phone, trying to hide the fact that he was calling up there to find out, try to find out stuff, and they traced it back to his to his mom and daddy's house. So yeah, he's he's definitely he can be trouble, but. Uh, one of the all-time greatest managers out there, my number three. So, number you know, if, if we ever do an episode of the most overrated wrestlers of all time, Tommy Rich will be on there. How they made that guy champion, I don't know. I remember seeing, I remember, I remember seeing him, and I'm like, God, he's awful. And it's just he didn't have a bad gimmick like Terry Taylor. He was just. He was just a horrible wrestler. He is, he just, and he, he made the champion. I'm like, wow, they really must have been desperate. Ric Flair must have needed a week, or Harley Race must need a week off that week. He is a freaking mega redneck, that's for sure. If you yeah, know, I love um, what's his oh. name? Um, oh, I just had it. Bruce Pritchard's impersonation oh. of Tommy Rich is just hilarious. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, but how did they? I mean, it had to be the like 70s when he won. I mean, it. I don't get it. Uh, Kyle's talking about, yeah, Tommy Rich was huge over in Georgia at the time. And back then, you know, you had all the territories and they wanted somebody, I guess, they had a transitional champion uh, mm -hmm. to give Harley Race a little. Like well, that's what, they, that's what they did with Kerry Von Eric. They, yeah, know, they, well, they, they did with the same Kerry. They did with Dusty. They did with Roddy yeah. Garvin. I mean, they were. Yeah, and you talk about those three, those four wrestlers you just mentioned. They all had short reigns. They all had short reigns. I think Ronnie Garvin had the longest all of them. Didn't he hold it for like six months or something like that? Well, he didn't hardly wrestle. Yeah. We yeah. had the hand, hands of stone. All right. Number, Number two. 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 I don't know if you guys had this guy on your list, but he's – I, I give him number two because I went between the Cornette and the Heyman thing two and three, but I had to put the number two on there. I don't know if he's representing it in the new Von Eric movie or not, but he should be. He was responsible for bringing the Von Eric, uh, the Freebirds into Dallas. He was responsible for actually bringing a lot of wrestlers into Dallas. He, um, and I grew up with him and um, I, he was a hell of a heel, but I mean, people loved him, you know, his, He's got a book out there, but it's I think it's like eight hundred dollars to get. Yeah, it's not a print. Hard to find, and I mean, you but he, but it's on it's on the internet there, whatever. But I remember when I first started watching wrestling, Kevin Von Erich was my guy, you know. And I remember that Chris Adams brought in Gary Hart to be his manager, and it was like, why are you bringing that guy in? You know, it was like, well, Andre asked uh, when Hogan asked Andre, why you got here with Heenan? 
we talked about it earlier. Yeah. I don't think Chris Adams would have been, was gone as far as, you know, a good guy because he ended up being a jobber in, in WWE. But he, when, when Chris Adams turned on Kevin Von Erich, you talk about a big pop. That transition to me is like, I like heels now. That and seeing Ric Flair, of course, down in Dallas, because back in the 80s, when you looked like Ric Flair, you stood out. So Gary Hart is my number two. He did a lot of stuff for the business. He was really uh, spoken well of. He was, uh, they have a world-class thing on there, or like a thing when they're talking about Gino Hernandez and uh, another guy gone too soon, but Gary Hart was literally worried about the talent. He gave a shit about the talent. It all wasn't about money. And he was a perfect bad guy. But I had cousins up there that met him, said he was just, he'll talk to you, just with you. But just probably a lot of, more people should know Gary Hart than they do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, a lot of them there. But I, to me, I mean, there's only one other person. And I think it's pretty obvious to you guys who my number one is. But that's the only one that could be above Gary Hart. Gary Hart's just, to me, just that's that's royalty, and I hope he's represented in the Von Eric movie. I'm sure he, he looked will. like a manager, like he the way he <clears> walked, <throat> talked, just everything. Mm-hmm. He just looked like a a real sports manager. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Very, very smart Bobby, too. Oh, very. Where Bobby would yell, Paul, Jim would yell, whatever. Gary just, I don't know. He give you that. He give you that look. You know that look that he yeah. just like. He he uh, actually was a wrestler. He was named Playboy Gary Hart there for a while. I mean, before I guess Buddy Rose took that you know title, that you know well deserved title that Buddy Rose took. But uh, yeah, Gary Hart. I just I mean, if you if you're if you have never heard of him, Google him. Yeah, you definitely. won't be you won't be you won't be disappointed. The guy just he should be in the WWE Hall of Fame. I mean, he was never in WWE, but they I mean they put the Rock and Roll Express up there. They you know they were never really in the WWE. They I don't know. Stevie could correct me if I'm wrong about that, but that's somebody that should be. Were they ever in WWE? Yeah, for a short time. Yeah, okay. yeah, I'm wrong. I'm yeah, wrong. they they wrestled at Survivor Series a couple of times. But yeah. hell, Gary Hart could have been in a WWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWWW
I mean, he was sad about all that stuff happening. He was very worried about people in the drug stuff, you know? Yeah. He seemed a, like he, he seemed like he gave a shit about his wrestlers, you know. Here's a good comment. Sonny Ono made no one's list. <laughs> it was coming. It was Sonny coming. Ono. Sonny Ono. I haven't done my number one yet. You gave away my number hey, one. Wasn't he in the two picks left? Wasn't he in the wasn't he in the Japan where they like had the NWO first? Yeah. And he brought that to WCW. So yeah, he should be an honorable mention. Yeah, I forgot about he him. He he invented the selfie. He used to do that on the way to the ring every time. Him and I watched my drive. If you listen to um the very latest 83 weeks with Eric Bischoff, he actually talks about New Japan and includes yeah. the um NWO and Sonny Ono partnership kind of thing. So great listen to his latest episode of 83 weeks. Yeah. I check it out. I listen to occasionally. I don't listen to it every week, but I listen to it occasionally. Um so number two for you, Pinocchio. Number two. So I think we're gonna start doubling up here possibly. But number two, I knew him as a commentator first. I knew who he was. I knew of ECW, but I heard him as a commentator and as Paul Heyman. But his banter with um him and JR was great, but Yeah. Oh yeah. A lot of wrestlers would not be where they are without Heyman. Like he brought in Brock Lesnar. Brock couldn't talk. Um still can't. Lesnar's a lot better when he's a happy he, happy guy. I mean, he's yeah, a lot better. Yeah, happy, when he's Cowboy Lesnar. Yeah, that last little run he had, he amazed me how well he did. But, you know, with the bloodline, he can have the whole tribal behind him, whole tribe. And just, and just his, his facial expressions, it's just so yeah. funny to watch. Especially when he says something stupid. And Roman turns to him, he starts carrying to the corner. He goes, no, 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 no. I didn't mean it like that. My tribal chief. Yeah. Yeah, he sorry. Uh, but no, I between him and my probably my number one, uh Paul Hamer is just he's he can I like just him. talk so well. I liked him in the bloodline feud where he never bought into the Sammy thing. He just was always as skeptical as Sammy. And, yeah, you yeah. know, everybody else everybody else fell for it, but not Heyman. Heyman, like he knew it all the time. And that was the drama that really kind of built it up to where that, you know, you can tell all those guys get along and they oh, probably yeah. go to Heyman to lear the, I mean, if you're like a, you know, if you're like a Roman Reigns, if you're like a, you know, Sammy, you're going there listening to those stories he would tell because a lot of people learn. I mean, Steve Austin was part of the Steve Austin and was it Steve Austin and wasn't he in the uh, uh, dangerous Alliance? Yep. So, uh, Lunder Blaze, you know, she said that at her speech. She's always been a Heyman girl, you know. So, yeah. that's well, you know, you say with, with um the whole R Truth thing when he was in the ring with Brock Lesnar at the um before the Royal Rumble, R Truth's like, I'm gonna throw you over the top rope, Paul Heyman. And Paul, the way Paul looks at him, he almost sold it as if he never knew he was gonna see goes, I'm not even in the match, Brock's in the corner. <laughs> Losing it, he that he broke kayfabe for sure. He was crying. Yeah, yeah. There, there's so some kind of sold it. There's some kind of documentary on him where they're talking about him, and it's like you know Stephanie says it. She'll say it. She'll say it right to him. It's like Paul Heyman's. Paul Heyman's one of the best, but he's his own worst enemy. You know, it's yeah, like. He, I mean, it's just you know, it's just it's the stuff he. I mean, I wasn't ever a big fan of ECW. But man, when he brings in like Austin and does stuff mm -hmm. like that, I mean, 
I mean, he had that crowd going. I mean, and you got guys like Bully Ray and them. I mean, you know, there there's reason why people call themselves a Paul Heyman guy because oh, yeah. the guy, you know, you know, he he kept that. I mean, he was fighting WCW and WWE at the time, and he held out as long as he can. But my God, he went to battle with them too, and he had to go the extreme route because that's all people would really probably tune in for it for. Well, he managed Punk as well early on. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was manager bill alfonso yes i thought he was a referee <laughs> he was but he went on to be a manager at ecw oh that explains it okay he blow he used to blow the freaking whistle i mean you know how jimmy hart used to play that stupid whistle on his mega this megaphone guy, yeah this guy actually had a whistle and was blowing in the ring out he managed <laughs> rob van dam and sabu that was his, his two guys I knew he was a referee in NWA, but I didn't know he was a manager. I didn't really watch ECW. Uh, okay, I take that back. When I saw Francine on the TV, I would watch ECW. How about Kimona Wanalea? You remember her? There was a girl there called Kimona Wanalea. Well, I just remember like in the ECW, they had the EC, ECW had a great intro song because they were on ESPN for a while, but they had that shot of uh, Francine going in the ring. Oh, dude. Yeah, it Kyle's Kyle's chiming in. He would he would blow his whistle constantly and scream, That's right, Daddy, that's right, Daddy. The whole time R V D and Sabu were in the ring. And he said got... Beulah was the best female. Oh, ever. she was pretty hot too. Yeah, Tommy Dream was Hey, good. were you guys ever big fans of R V D? I, I never was a big fan of his. He's I a, never uh, I would watch guy. his matches, but I wouldn't say he's one of my favorites. But he, he was is, better in e ECW. He's in AEW now, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. I don't know if how long, but he was there. He made some appearances. Yeah, I just was never. I, I'm not a hardcore fan, so it's like, you know, not not in wrestling anyway. <laughs> Kyle loves the RVD. I know. He's like, their own brother. He's their own brother. Kyle a couple loves years them. ago, they brought out. I think it was when there might have been the Hall of Fame or something. But they brought I, out I like past wrestlers. Yeah. And they, you know, everyone's holding the card, you know, like WWE. RVD comes out, his card's upside down. He's just like pretending to read. And everyone's saying that's the 420 coming out again. Yep. Definitely. What did you hear, Stevie? What did you say? You know? I was talking about, I know why Kyle loves RVD, me and him. That, that, <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and Kyle made the comment right after I said that. Is it Stevie? four, two, zero? <laughs> 420. We're, we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep that between ourselves, but all right. Number two for me, and this was mentioned earlier by uh, Mr. Pinocchio, and that's Bobby the Brain Heenan. Um, like you said, the the family. Uh, yep. But I'll tell you what: to listen to him, I could listen to him if somebody would just made like an hour-long YouTube video of his best uh sound bites like uh as an announcer you talked about with gorilla monsoon when Shawn michaels turned on mortar janetti and said janetti tried to jump through the glass what a coward <laughs> trying to jump through the glass uh yeah, right he, before that he was like well they they can't do anything without each other you know he didn't need him he didn't oh need i knew him. he was gonna do that <laughs> i knew he was gonna do that but uh yeah and and you know Heenan we talk about these guys like JJ taking bumps 
Heenan had a series of matches uh, back in the day where he was wrestling the Ultimate Warrior at house shows in a body bag match. Uh, and the Ultimate we, Warrior was where he was horrible at doing that. And and he, you know Heenan hated it too. Heenan yeah, I don't blame him. Banned him. But yeah, I mean, he tell about somebody would take a bump. Heenan was great at taking a bump. See, I mean, mm -hmm. see, you talk about that, Stevie, about taking a bump with the Warrior, probably the most, un, probably the most, one of the most undisciplined wrestlers ever, if you call him a wrestler. Then you have people like, oh, I don't want to lose my title to him. I mean, you have a Heenan guy that's, you know, what how the business should be. Yeah, exactly. And do you guys remember? You know, he had some neck issues. Yep. Um, oh, that brace. Yeah, because, well, I mean, he, he had real-life neck issues that uh, he was really, really paranoid about that something else was going to happen to him. Uh, and one of the Clash of the Champions, Brian Pillman, who had just turned uh, heel, was part of the he, he horse. He dropped the F-bomb on TV. Yes, he, he grabs Heenan from behind it, and Heenan was like, what the F are you doing? Uh, and walks off. So, but he comes back. But yeah, that was that was pretty funny. But had so many funny one-liners. Uh, the the uh, the whole thing with when Perfect turned babyface and joined Savage at Survivor Series when they were doing this was before Raw when they had prime time and they were in the studio. It was I think it was Perfect Heenan, Vince, uh, Hacksaw, and Hillbilly Jim. And, and Savage, Savage was on the video. Yeah. Savage was on the screen talking about, you know, I want, I'm offering Mr. Perfect. And Heenan was like, yeah, whatever. He's not doing it. I mean, they went through it like for the whole show. Yes. And, and then, and then Heenan gets up there and when Perfect says, I'm going to do it. And, and he said, you're not going to do it. You're going to do what I tell you to. You're going to do he slap him? Did he slap him? Like snap right. out of it or something? And yeah. that's when, when he slapped him, to see the change in his face. And he said, oh, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. I'll buy you a boat. I'll buy you a car. They're trying to turn us against each other. And then he pours the water on Heenan's head and all this. It's great. I mean, Heenan was just, I mean, and didn't care. Even when he got sick, uh, you see him go to these uh, these autograph signings and he would flip the people off and stuff when he couldn't even talk. But, yeah, I mean, Heenan was just great. That's That's my number two. There is no reason why it shouldn't be a three-way tie for number one. And you guys don't have Bobby Heenan as your number one. You're both wrong. <laughs> Bobby Heenan is the GOAT. And I know who your number one is, but I, you guys are both wrong. You, you got on me about putting your number one later. There is nobody better or ever will be. You know, Brett Carr can say he's the best there was, best there. Bobby Heenan is the GOAT. He is the best. And when they put him, they it is just too bad they didn't put a longer run with Heenan, Kurt Henning, and Flair. When he was doing that flip, when, when Bobby Heenan, okay, Heenan's my number one, by in case y'all didn't get that. Yeah. Um, when he was holding that, you know, he was holding that belt, and I think it was Gorilla Monsoon, and it's weird to see all three of them because they're all three gone. It was Jim Anvil. It was uh, Gorilla and it was Bobby Heenan. He had the NWA belt, who Ric Flair brought with him because they didn't give him his deposit back. And 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 uh, you know, of course, and of course, you know, uh, Anvil's like this with his beard, and 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 uh, and Gorilla's like, well, that's not the champ's belt. I know the Hogan's belt, like well, we all do. 
but he that buildup he had to flare. And then when they were on that primetime wrestling before Raw started, he's back there. Hey, you do it's like one of the skits where he's telling everybody, Hey, weren't you fired? I mean, I don't really know, but he's trying to get all this shit ready for Ric Flair to make his appearance. Like, hey, get off the phone. You know, you need to go to Weight Watchers. I mean, just the shit he did, and a lot of it was ad lib. And it just like, even when he was on Raw and he was dressed up like a chick to try to get in. I mean, and when the WCW, when he ended up in WCW, I think the WWE dropped the big ball, dropped the ball with him doing that. Probably a big ball too. But it's like him with Okerlund, him with, uh, with Gorilla, you know, him with Vince. And just, you know, and, and one of the greatest lines they did is when Hogan turned heel. And then it's Dusty. Who is it? Dusty, uh, Tony, and then Bobby. Yeah, but whose side is he on? Yeah. What are you? You know, but it was good not to have them involved because it was ad libbed. Yeah. And it was that is one of the best ones. And he, and and it was like he, like I told you, he was a fake. I mean, he had been writing Hulk Hogan's things forever. Years and just to have that in the face, it was just it was a great conclusion. But I saw an interview with him, and he he didn't have a problem with Hogan. He knew he made a lot of money off Hogan, and you oh, know, yeah. and I don't think I don't think Hogan said a bad thing about him either. Just on the thing, they seemed oh, they weren't friends, but they you know they got along. I mean, he didn't knew where his money was. I mean, it was there, and it was like the way he went out is one of the saddest things. Just to see the way that guy went out. Yeah, I mean, if it just you know, it it's just that's why it just for what he was to what he became, and I mean, it's just you know, Ric Flair talks about him, you know, people talk about him, you know, he's he's my goat, he's he's the best there ever was. He, I mean, he's just you know, managers. I mean, I, I would say Heenan, I would say uh, my my one at you know, I would say that uh, Cornette and um, Heyman are pretty close, but you know, it Gary Hart didn't live long enough. But Heenan was yeah. just, you know, not, nobody touches Heenan. There you go. This this is a good point. I always wondered about this back in the day, too. Kyle said, I always thought it would be interesting to make Heenan a part of the New World Order, being he always had that hated relationship with Hogan. True. Certainly liked him because of his sudden change of – suddenly liked him because of his change of heart. Yeah, that's a, good, that's a good point. That's a good point. That might creep into it one time, but it never did. And maybe Heenan was just – didn't want to get involved in a group, but you talk about Heenan and Flair and Perfect. Um, Heenan told Vince he couldn't he couldn't do it anymore. He couldn't he couldn't hang with Flair because Flair was such a party guy. Heenan said, "You got to take me, get me away from him." He said, "I can't hang with him. I'm not. I'm too old for this crap." So, yeah. yeah. And you and you forget about Heenan. He was great in the AWA with Nick Bockwinkle. Nick Bockwinkle. I yeah. mean, this, I mean, he was just. I mean, it, I. Like I, I think we talked about it before, but like back in the eighties before like Google and all that stuff, you'd have to go back to pro wrestling illustrator, the wrestler and get those magazines from like the seventies. Yeah. And you would read all that shit. Heenan was with Bockwinkle. Bockwinkle was one of the best too, but just the guys just, I mean, if you're talking about a Mount Rushmore of, you know, you know, and we can argue about the other three, but Heenan's got to be on that Mount Rushmore wrestling managers. Oh yeah, definitely. Um, I don't know. Heenan, Heenan was just so freaking funny. I mean, just like I said, there's so many lines, but like like I said, the line earlier about Janetti diving through the, the glass window trying to get away. What a coward. Uh, but, yeah, 
You know what's uh, funny about that change? I remember that happened here in San Antonio, Shawn Michaels' hometown. And I think that there was a little bit, they were a little bit worried that the crowd probably wouldn't accept it because Shawn, but Shawn Michaels is such a great heel that I think that, you know, and when he said that, I mean, do those, did those guys, they didn't get fed a script, did they? Because I know Jim Ross a lot of times didn't like to read a script. Mm. But just, I mean, next to maybe Jerry Lawler, I mean, just the quick comebacks. I mean, that yeah. just, no, nobody topped Heenan, man. I mean, uh, uh, he he would have just he he would have just went with it. Like I said, Jr. Never really liked it. He 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 said in past podcasts he hates scripts. You rather call the match as you see it because if you say in ten seconds you're gonna do a suplex, it's boring. He rather not know. And I think it's the same with Bobby. He just called it as it was, as he saw it. Unless you're Michael Cole, I guess, huh? And get counted down. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right, Pinocchio. This is the Michael. Gee, I wonder who it could be. I'm say mine and yours at the same time because I think we got identical ones. I think we do. Um, I mean, what can you say about this guy? He's my favorite podcaster. He's my favorite manager. He's even though Bobby the the brain, this guy is wrestling. Like his knowledge of wrestling is just unbelievable. Um, when he manages and he's talking to the camera, you believe everything. You know, yep. it'd be like him and um the midnight going, Oh, we're at the airport and they will come in with us with guns and rocks and knives. You yep. believed it. He you believed how he told you. In the ring, he was the voice, and you swear he was wrestling. And that's there you go, ladies and gentlemen. My number one forever <laughs> is Jim Cornette. Shocker. Yeah, Kyle. Um, Kyle I am a Jim Cornette guy. I listen to his podcasts every week. I've got toys signed signed to me um, of his action, action figures. figures. Action yep. figures. Not dogs. Um, collect collectibles, actually. But no, in all seriousness, like when he talks, you listen. Um, He's like ER Hudson. When people talk, you listen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like I said, between him and Heyman, it's I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say tomorrow will change, but it's them too. Yeah. But um Cornette just has it. I don't, I don't know what it is. Like I think it's his knowledge well, of wrestling. You know, yeah, Kyle. Kyle's got some uh, Jim Cornette stuff too, and he's saying he's hoping to get the Midnight Express 40th anniversary action figure four pack for Christmas. Uh, I saw that. I was going to get it. One, the big one oh. sold out. Which Sorry. Midnight Express is it? Which Midnight it's all Express? All four of them. It's, it's, oh wow, cool. Yeah, it's Cornette, there's, there's three, there's three different um, tiers. Oh, there's cool. one when it's all of them assigned, but I think there's only about fifty of them. Um, but you know, shipping costs to Australia would have tripled the price. But um, yeah. that action figure pack, my God, that's he said he's never making this again. Yeah, I mean to to listen to the guy, and not just on his podcast, but listen to him on the, some of the interviews that he uh, what was that uh, high spots that he used to do stuff for. This guy has documented every date he mm-hmm. he involved. I mean. Back when he, you know, he worked a book for WCW and NWA, he would keep up. He had the the crowd, uh, the attendance, the gate, uh, 
everything. And to everything. hear him. The miles. And he started out, at, you know, photog- a photographer at 14 years old going to, to Memphis and taking pictures. And then just like, and Heyman, you That's guys want to talk about, Heyman followed in Cornette's footsteps. Yes. I mean, he, he was a big Cornette. Do those guys get along? Do they have legit heat or do they get along? I don't know. Pinocchio, you know that? I think they had heat for a bit, more or less in the writing room kind of thing. Okay. Yeah, but not but he friends. talks about Heyman now like they're best friends. Like, well, he's, he's not got any mega heat with Russo now. Yeah, That's Russo. Cool. The yeah. uh, thing yeah. about the thing about Cornette is like anytime you see him on a show like Dark Side of the Ring or whatever, you know that guy. He's a historian. He knows his shit because he was there. Yeah. And I, you know, and I know he's got podcasts. Sometimes they're like they're longer than ours. Go on for three hours. Oh yeah. But yeah, but he's got like two of them, and I I like him because he's he's a genuine dude. He may not be everybody's cup of tea, yeah, but yep. he is definitely that. You ain't getting no sure Colton to no, know, and same thing with Heyman, you know. There you go, Panaka. Cheapest one's two fifty. Only two thousand total, and the one with the Bobby Eaton autograph was yep. only like fifty because he signed them obviously before he died. Who's putting that out? WWE? Uh, no, no. Well, that's yeah. Jim. Oh, Jim is okay. And so everything, everything, all the money is going to Bobby's family, like of his share, straight to the family. Because apparently back then, no, read it, read it. Cornette and Paul had heat during ECW friends before that, and now it's Kyle. Um, so because they realized, you know, back in the eighties, wrestlers never had made money out of wrestling, so these are figures that they wanted to make. Now they give all the money to you know to Bobby and Stan yeah. and all and everyone. Um but yeah. They have that what, he, what, had, what, he had that thing too where he was talking about how he was he saw those like mid-Atlantic tapes were thrown away. Yeah, like the production when they used to do TV on VHS or beta yeah. or what was it, beta? And that he's got those. I don't know if he's still selling them, but it's like, damn, that'd be a pretty good thing to own. Yeah. Well, it, it, if you ever heard, I don't know if Pinocchio heard or not, <clears throat> the episode he did after Bobby died. I mean, oh, I did. Yep. The ending, you can tell that guy loved Bobby. I mean, but everybody, I mean, Bobby, Bobby Heenan, or Bobby Heenan, Bobby Eden, Eden seemed like everybody liked that dude. Yeah, like he was the small of the earth guy. I don't think you 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 can hear you find anybody that's had a bad thing to say about Bobby Eaton. Not at all. The best it's thing about time, that episode, if you find it, it's the one episode where there's no commercials, there's no ads. It's just Jim talking, and that's what they. And want. You know that and that guy, that guy that does the podcast with him. Oh, Brian. Conrad could learn. Conrad could learn a few things from him. That guy is great. He doesn't try to talk over. He doesn't. A lot of people that host with these wrestlers could learn from him. And he just, I mean, he lets Cornette go, but they have a good back and forth. That guy's great. Yeah, they do. Great Brian Lost. <laughs> yeah. Pinocchio is like, he is a uh, celebrity on some of these podcasts. He gets like the, the Road Dogs podcast. Uh, oh, wow. he, they even got his name right on there. The, the yep. Click this as well. Yeah. As well. yeah. Well, Stevie, that's why you told me we're using him because he gets us, you know, that much higher. Gets us to those six listeners instead of five, you know. 
I was going to wear my um, I'm a Jim Cornette guy shirt. I was like, no, I might give away the ending, but you guys would have known anyway. I think we knew Jack well before this episode. I, I knew both y'all would. I mean, I don't know I if y'all knew. Stevie what, would, did, to be honest. Did you know that who I was going to pick? You had to know, Stevie. Uh, I, I didn't really know for sure, no. I really but I bet, Gary, I bet Gary Hart's a surprise to a lot of people because a lot of people don't know him. Gary well, was sick to me. I actually figured since Ben, you're you're down there in Texas and stuff. I figured Gary Hart might be on your list. Yeah. This is Kyle talking again. Back when WCW first started a Sunday night show called the main event, it was typically two matches. But Ric Flair insisted on doing a mm-hmm. 60 minute time limit Broadway with Bobby Eaton because he wanted to put him over as a solo wrestler. But Jim Hurd never did anything with it. I, yeah, Jim Hurd didn't didn't like the Midnight Express or Cornette. Uh, they were. Because they were undersized, they were they were not serious. Was Jim Hurd the one that was like didn't know anything about wrestling, or he was the old promoter? Yeah, he was the pizza man. Pizza, he worked. Yeah, okay, that's the one that pretty much had Ric Flair cut his hair and put the earring in, right? Yeah. He wanted he wanted to, he wanted to make wrestlers called the Hunchbacks, and they said they could never get pinned because their shoulders couldn't get down to the mat. <laughs> but wasn't there another Jim somewhere that that Jim Ross talks about? My ball, Jim Crockett. Yeah. No, it wasn't Jim Crockett. He was, I think he was an old school wrestler, but Jim Crockett, Jim, Cor- uh, Jim well, Ross, was Jerry Jarrett. My, my boy. Oh, like um, I think he was uh, an older, older promoter. Yeah. I always get uh, Jim Hurd and that guy mixed up. So he was Bill a Jim Watt? something, I think. Huh? Who? Wasn't Cowboy Bill Watts, was it? No, no, no. no. This guy was. You know I'm talking about for lack of a better word, he was flamboyant. Yes, yes. Yeah. He was Adrian Adonis's character. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. But he always go, Oh my boy. My boy. And I and it's driving me nuts. Yeah. But yeah, it it was I always get him and Jim Hurd mixed up, but then I hear Mm -hmm. Blair talks about the other one in higher regard than Jim. I think he was in mid Atlantic or something. Yeah, Kyle is saying Kyle's no Jim Barnett. That yeah, it? I, think I think that's Jim it. Barnett. Jim Barnett. Yeah. House, yes. He ran the biggest promotion in the world in Australia. Also yeah. Yep. What was that? That's what it was. Yeah. 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 That's him. Jim Barnett and Kyle said it. Thanks, Kyle. Um, but yeah, Cornette, <laughs> I, like, I like Jack's pronunciation. A flamboyant. <laughs> flamboyant. Don't in trouble. All right. So let's hear your uh, honorable mentions. Who's going first? Me. Go ahead. Okay, some of these I don't know if anybody's heard of, but my number, my number five—I only have five. Uh, Percy Pringle. Uh, we talked about him earlier. World class became the uh, Paul Bear. Uh, number four for me is uh, Skandar Akbar. He oh, yeah. was a guy that Austin talks about. Do your research on him. He was in world class. He managed the missing link. He was a heel. He always fought with the Von Erichs. Wasn't it uh, his faction like Devastation Incorporated? Or Devastation Incorporated. I lost, forgot the name of it. Yeah. But uh, uh, Jim Ross talks about him uh, in his book. He talks about him, how he's one of the ones telling, well, Jimmy, you got to step up to these guys because they'll walk all over you. No, he was a good mentor. Seems like a good dude, but I mean, he played the ultimate heel. He played that, you know, whole chic Arab heel thing that's, you know, goes good over in a South Texas crowd, you know, you know, um, one, I don't know. I'm Stevie may know this one, but I don't know if you do Jack. 
he's a guy that was, you know, talk about flamboyant. This is in the seventies and early eighties. I don't think his name would really go over well now, but he managed superstar Billy Graham. He's called the grand wizard. He was one of the first, and he wasn't in the KKK. That, that, that's not the same. He was flamboyant. The dude smoked like he smoked on TV. You see old things, but he managed the heels like um, he managed like uh, superstar Billy Graham, you, you know, which was like the first incarnation of Hulk Hogan. But if you don't know who Grand Wizard is, look at him. Good talker. He, I mean, he was like, he was like slick. He was real thin. Uh, number two, I got to go with Sensational Sherry. She, I think, helped with the, you know, Harlem Heat. Oh, she, man she managed uh, Paul, uh, uh, Playboy Buddy Rose and, you know, uh, the guy. And uh, I remember when my first wrestling match, me and my buddy were there and we saw her in line getting like snacks. And we were like, you know, of course, we're thinking she's so hot. She's so made up, but she looked nothing like it. And we we're like, oh, wow. But. Another another one that had their demons, but I think her thing was Shawn Michaels. And a lot of people might know this, but she sang the first sexy boy thing. Yeah. And with him having the mirror, I think she was great. Uh, my number one honorable mention, and she just missed my list. I'd have to go with Miss Elizabeth. She managed one of my favorite wrestlers, and every boy my age was in love with her, unless they were flamboyant. And she was just so, I mean... God, and I just, that's one of the stories that I just, her passing is just, it's just so sad because, I mean, it's just, she was with the wrong person, so. Sherry should definitely be mentioned by far the best female manager of all time, not even a close second. And then he said, well, Sonny. Uh, well, he sucked, literally. 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 <laughs> Was Sunny you know even what? a manager? Because she kind of just went yeah, out. She managed, so. she managed the. Uh, well, no, but head, you know what I mean. She kind of just went out because the she body Donna. Body Donna. She was like that, and she was a, yeah, a Fournette. She there was another, and you know, yeah, you know, they mentioned, you know, they he she mentioned sensational Sherry, but there was one of the first women managers was a girl down here named Sunshine. She yeah, was Jimmy. Man. She was Jimmy Garvin's ex-wife. Or no, I don't know. No, he's married to Precious, and she was like, she was. They were, actually, yeah, they were. I forget, but I forget what it was, but she was like with Jimmy Garvin for a while, and then Precious came along. I don't remember. I I don't remember, but they had some skits down here with David Von Erich when when Sunny what she what what um, Sunshine would do. She always tried to fight the Gary Hart, so she would bring in the Great Muda. She would bring in like different people to fight those Scott Casey to fight the bad, the good guys, but she, uh, the bad guys. But Sonny, that's the first female manager I can remember. She predated, Garvin. you know, Sensational Sharon Elizabeth. She was like in the early 80s. Garvin and her were cousins. Okay. So they were never together. Okay. He's always been with Precious. That's right. Okay. Because yeah. Precious and Sonny used to have fights all the time. So, yeah. So, Pinocchio, you got any honorable mentions? So, yeah, I had Gary Hart. This is in, in no order um, now. So, mine was Gary Hart. Um, Mr. Fuji was like, oh, he was oh, close. Mr. Fuji. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I always, I always love, I, I love that skit with trip with DX when it's like when they're yeah, back. It's, it is, it is, yeah. 
and those chicks are about to get naked or whatever. And Sean, and he, he doesn't want to do that. And yeah. Hey Sean, isn't that Mr. Fuji? Oh, where? <laughs> but what a lot of people may not know. He was a he was a wrestler too early yeah, on. Yeah, world tag team champion. Um, he was. Classy Freddie Blasi. He was another one. Yes, yes. Yeah, fence on that geek. Um, Who matted Hulk Hogan when he fought Andre the Giant? Yep, yeah, and then he he uh, managed um, Shaky and um, broke off. Um, another yeah. one. This was another one too. I I guess he was a manager. He managed Slaughter. Gone. I believe he did. Hey, Maybe. No, 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 uh, no. Freddie, uh, Freddie Blossy. I don't remember that one. I don't because I remember. I, think... I remember when when Slaughter turned heel with the with he there. Had... He was with that other Adenine guy that was he also known as a Yeah, yeah. I don't remember him doing that. So I thought he was with them at the time, but um, this one, like, I guess you. This is probably up for debate. Would you call Eric Bischoff a manager for NWO? Yeah. Yeah, he would. Yeah? Well, there you go. Yeah. Obviously, like, he kind of was, but he was also commentating at the time. But he used to come down with them, but he never really... I mean, yeah, he stayed in the corner, but Eric he, was a close he, one for me. Eric took the great... He took a great, a great bump when he did that thing with Nash throwing into that table. That was awesome. You know, it's yeah. like, it's like he was, he was a guy that was supposed to be like, he, uh, Bischoff wasn't very like, he wasn't a heel or a good guy, but people hated that guy. <laughs> yeah. Kyle, Kyle, JJ Dillon was early in, in a couple of our lists. Yeah. yeah. We had JJ up here and Jimmy Hart was on a couple of our lists too. Yep. Um, you know, I'll throw one out there since you, and I'm not going to mention all of mine since most of them repeats from what y'all. Captain plus Lou, there, plus there's 75 of them, so yeah, yeah we Captain mention. Lou Albano was was one, you know, you managed yeah. the Bulldogs, managed the Samoans. Uh, yeah, you said Slick, you said Gary Hart. That was actually that was on my list. Um, you know, the, the, most of them are Paul Ellering or repeats of, yeah, of what you've got had on your list. So I'm mean, we're not getting all that. Uh, go back over it again. But I thought uh, Stevie would mention Cindy Lauper when she managed, you know, Hulk Hogan there for a while. If I was gonna, uh, if I was gonna I, add one woman, that was a big moment for wrestling. But no, nah, yeah, she managed. I was gonna add on um, Terry Reynolds. Who? Terry Reynolds. Mom. Melania, gold dust. No, who are you talking about? Cindy Lauper managed. I got the Melania Wendy thing. Richter. Who? Wendy Richter. Oh, that's right. It was Wendy Richter. That's right. Yeah, you're talking about Colonel Robert Parker. That's what. That's what. Oh, uh, Kyle's talking about Colonel Robert Parker. Remember, <laughs> y'all remember him, Robert? Oh, you talk about not being able to make it today. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that yep. made it in the '80s, man. That was. No, I'm thinking about Colonel De Beers. That's the one I'm thinking about. Colonel, Colonel De Beers. Didn't he manage? Didn't he manage? Didn't Colonel Rob Parker manage the Beers? No, I think they were. Didn't like, he? Didn't a Colonel manage Harlem Heat? Yeah, that was Colonel Rob. That yeah. was when him and Jerry were supposed to be getting married. Yeah, hmm. Colonel, Colonel actually made it to WWE. Imagine Jeff Jarrett and uh, he had that cigar, right? Southern, Southern Justice. That's what they called the, which was uh, the Godwins repackaged. 
I remember one time in the nineties, I was flying back from Dallas at a layover and I was in, actually in Houston to make that. And I saw Harlem heat from like across the way they were waiting for a plane. Dude, those dudes were massive from, a, I mean, from a ways away. I mean, it just, they were, I saw them from a distance, like son of a bitch. Those guys are big. <laughs> so now we've done our top five. We got a new segment on the show. And it's going to be called Three Count. And no, it's not Evan Courageous and Sugar Shane Helms and whoever the other guy was. Uh, you don't remember them, do you, Warden? Who are they? Sugar Shane Helms. That's Hurricane. The Hurricane. That was his first His first oh. gig was Three Count. Three Count was... Another in- another horrible gimmick. Yeah. I was horrible. I don't like the Hurricane. No, it's horrible. Hurricane, no. You need to watch... Three no, I've, I've, no, I, I'm, I'm okay. they were, they were I'll the, take your word for it. They were the in sync of the wrestling world. It's like a boy band gimmick for the wrestling world. That's why I probably don't like it. You know. Yeah, I, I mean, me neither. But who's that Spirit Squad? That was horrible. Yeah, Dolph Ziggler was in that. Yeah, but in the Rayback was in that, right? No, no he, he was, was in Nexus. Oh, that's what it was, and that's another guy. Like we were talking about, how only uh, Paul Heyman. Paul Heyman can make um, Jim Cornette a good guy. Only Rayback can make me could could be popular because he's against CM Punk. <laughs> you're starting to sound like Sid now. You you must be getting tired. You're starting to sound like Sid talking because I well, know Sid, you, you only have I only have half the brain that you do. <laughs> you got to do that sometimes. It's been a long night, Stevie. Leave me alone. I I mean I I only had one nap today. Leave me alone. All right. Yeah. Screw you. Uh, Three count, which is three things each of us are uh, are watching or listening to right now. So we'll start with you, Ward. What are your three things? Okay, my three things. I just finished the audio book from Geezer Butler. I'm a I'm a big Black Sabbath fan, as you know. Um, I've read the Aussie book and I've read Geezer's book. Geezer's is pretty good. It's funny. He's I listen to him and he talks about Sharon and he doesn't blame Sharon for all the drama going on in Sabbath. He blames uh, Tony, Iomi, and Ozzy, because <laughs> it's like he talks about Ronnie James Dio. Because Geezer's a Geezer is like a, a vegetarian. He doesn't like you know, and he said it was really hard, like in the seventies, because he could only eat potatoes. But he was perfectly fine doing all the drugs. Um, I finished that book. It's a great. He narrates. It's a great book. If you like Sabbath, I would recommend it. Um, of course, uh, my second thing is the Von Erichs. I think, like all of us, we're going to go see the Von Erich movie. Oh yeah. And uh, my last one is if you like, uh, if you have Netflix and you like, you know, history and stuff, there's a documentary on Bernie Madoff and all that bullshit that he did when he, you know, uh, they say a lot of, you know, he couldn't have done it on his own. Netflix, you know, they not, they, they narrate perfectly stuff, but they say what's scary about it is that a lot of people that actually thought they were getting returned. Some of the early investors, the government actually went after them to recover that. So, I mean, if you, if you like true crime, stuff like that, it's, it's a good documentary. It's made off. It's on uh, Netflix. Oh, good. Jackie up to you. So I've been getting to, um, Arn Anderson's podcast, which is really good. Um, Stevie pulled me onto it. As it, uh, as he said, they go by month by month. Whatever Arn, it is. Yeah. Arn Colt, Arn Colt, Arn Colt. Oh, sorry, we didn't start that. But no, he's very um 
I think that the episodes only go for like an hour long. Yeah. And they go pretty in depth in that short time. So I'll be getting into that. Jim Ross is um under the black hat is now an audio book on Spotify. It's nine hours long. So I'm just listening to like maybe a chapter a day. It's him narrating it. So it's it's one of his best oh. books. He's got a new one coming out, I think, next year to mark his 50th anniversary in wrestling, which is um business is about to pick up, apparently it's called. So he has yeah, he, he has his first one. He has two, right? So under the black hat. What's the other one? I would like to say it's behind the curtain, but that might be Jim Cornette's book. Yeah, he has. But yeah, I think he has, I think I think uh, Jim Ross has two. Just trying to see right. real quick. So under the black hat, Slobberknocker. That was under. That was on Audible. I listened to that a long time ago. He narrates it. It's on Spotify now. They Spotify yeah. audiobook. Oh. You have to be. Oh, it's like I'm. I'm being like a a pusher for Spotify. You're gonna be a premium member to, for audiobooks. I have Audible. And, That's how I listen to Geezer's book. Yeah. So. Yeah, and the third one is a very old one. Um, I've just finished watching Lost. So. <laughs> wow. I watched it all in about three and a half weeks. I just wow. binged it. Um, I won't watch that again. But no, it's good. I never watched it when it first came out. The ending. Yeah. Yeah. So. I tried to. I tried to watch it. I couldn't really get into it. It's not like, bad. I got lost. But yeah. Um, Arn Anderson's podcast, I do recommend. It's a good hour. Jim um, Jim Ross's book on audio I'm listening to and Lost I've been watching. So Conrad's not going to be on the new book, is he? Oh, he, he will be. He'll be. He'll promote it. Conrad's right. no, no, Conrad just, when Jim Ross had his own podcast, it was great. But when Conrad yeah. got on there, I, I don't like the watch alongs. I, that, I liked it when he, Jim Ross was just talking, you know? Yep. All right. That's, I'm going to put uh Kyle's up right quick. Kyle's. Yeah. 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 Cody Jinks, the country singer, bowl games and porn is what he's saying. His three things he's watching now. So who's Cody Jinks? He's a country. Games? Uh, that's why I don't <laughs> know. It's like, yeah. It's football, college football games right now over here. They're they're doing what, what what college is he going for? He's a he's a ECU fan, but you know we didn't make a bowl game. This is the guy I do the uh, the the ECU podcast with. Kyle is from he's called he, he is called Kyle from Lagrange. That's his nickname. Okay, All right. You know the, the the porn always applies. That's that's always a given. So <laughs> yeah. So Davey, what you, what's your ten count? My three, okay, so uh, back in the day, I was a, you know, when Thriller came out, big Michael Jackson fan. There's a documentary on Paramount Plus about the making of Thriller, uh, which is really interesting if you guys get a chance to watch it. Uh, a lot of a lot of old interviews back in the day when Michael wasn't so, didn't, had to turn cuckoo. Uh and he was at the height of his career. I don't care what anybody said. He never had the same stuff after Thriller. Yeah. Uh, Thriller was top to bottom packed with hits. And, yep. and to, talking to Quincy Jones, uh, of course, Paul McCartney is up there. You know, he, he, Paul McCartney just did a song on Thriller. Uh, but the Don Kong girl is mine. She's a, you know, people don't realize Toto. The the band Toto had the uh, dog, yeah, from Kansas. Um, 
had some stuff on uh on Thriller. Uh, of course, the Eddie Van Halen, and of course, does the guitar solo, which you know I don't think you really see a whole lot about that on there. But yeah, Toto? that Toto, the group. I know, but what did they do on Thriller? Uh, was it Lukather? I think is his name. He he played some on it. I think they actually wrote some on it. Uh, but yeah, they were actually. I think the story was, and I may be wrong, that they were recording down the hall, and they came down, and Quincy Jones started talking to them. They started working on some stuff. So, oh, there's a Quincy Jones uh, documentary on Netflix. If you, uh, I didn't know that is. I didn't know that his daughter was the girl that was on uh, Parks and Recreation. Yeah. I did not know that. Oh, I got, I'm saving that, Kyle. I'll, I'll post that up here in a minute. Um, also, number two, I just got through reading this book, and actually, I'm going to have this lady, I interviewed this lady on the podcast that wrote this The Rise of the Fox, 1950 oh, wow. to 1952. Eric Carr revealed. Um, guys, I'm telling you, this book is 300. Over 300 pages, close to 400 pages. But as far as Eric Carr's history goes, you know, you you see the usual stuff. With this book, I honest to God felt like I was sitting right there. She starts off with with the uh, audition for Kiss, and then she goes back to when he was when all the bands that he was in. Of course, you know, when they got unmasked, the the tagline was, and this is and Kiss is Eric's first band bullshit uh he was in so many bands trying to make it but yeah you you get a lot of information in here and janet simmons is later phd she didn't want me to call her doctor so but how, how did she how was she connected to eric just curious she's not she's just a she just wrote the book and she did a lot of, i mean she talked to a lot of people uh people oh. that and she's working on she's actually working on part two which this takes you till right before they're recording creatures uh so cool. it, i mean it's it's really great of course she can't get the the uh interview with eric she has to go by past interviews and stuff but she's got some some good sources that she gets a lot of good information from um number three i started listening to uh, a podcast and, and I like uh, there's a lot of podcasts I like um, but I, podcast rock city uh, Joe Joe Polo you've uh, been on that one yeah I've been on that there uh, Sonny Pooney uh, Joey Casada one of the longest kiss podcasts out there the longest running kiss podcast out there uh, you need to check it out you know, they get a little silly at times, which that's great, but that's fine. We get a lot silly sometimes up here. But really, uh, check it out if you're a kids fan. Check it out. They they usually go on Sunday nights. Um, mm -hmm. I've got some more. I've got a lot of podcasts I listen to, so that'll be that'll be one a week on, on my three count right there. Not um, to mention his honorable mentions. So. Yeah, my honorable mentions. <laughs> my honorable mention podcast tonight will be uh no. I'm I'm listen, I like I like podcast Roxy. I like that too. They're I think. Right. I think I, 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 you know, he gets a lot of hell, you know, and how he didn't like rocks by Aerosmith, Sonny Pooney, he's nuts with them. But, you know, 
He's a Dallas Cowboy fan, so we're kind of slow sometimes. So. Yeah, you know, Dallas Cowboy fan versus Viet, not liking rocks. I think the Dallas Cowboy thing is a little bit worse. Um, but anyway. So, I, I'm surprised Mike Tomlin didn't make your list of top five managers, whatever. One of the last comments from Kyle, and that you guys are going to get a kick out of this one. What's the- Where did the guys stand on Rudolph, and do they believe Santa was a bully that deserved to suck reindeer wiener? <laughs> Absolutely, uh, they bullied that poor reindeer. And but you know you what? Like- you know what? And he showed up when they needed him. You know, you know they did. They bullied his ass. <laughs> if you want to hear a funny ass clip, that show I was on, Kyle was one of them on there the other night, and he talked about one of his favorite movies was Rudolph. But then he said he wanted to hear. He wanted to get the edited version that come out when Santa comes. Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you guide my sleigh tonight? And and Rudolph says, "Hell no!" Said you, you guys are all picking on me. I said you could, and he tells him what he can do. And then he said, "You could suck my reindeer wiener." Uh, Wasn't that on uh, Adult? I think that was on Adult Swim or something like that. Oh yeah. Kyle Kyle said it in in a uh, in our live podcast. I was like, was pretty funny, and and I turned in. You guys know the Porky Pig, Blue Christmas song, and the guy, the guy laughing in the background. Well, I pretty much was made into the guy laughing in the background when Kyle said this on it. So hopefully, I'll be an infamy if you'll hear me in the background. You need to Google the uh, Donald Duck blowjob. That's funny too. I have heard that one. Yeah, I've heard that one too. The uh, the thing about the thing I like about Rudolph is that. You know, Vince actually makes an appearance, you know, there with the I think I posted on Facebook a few years ago when he they have him like the, the Bonneville snowman when he's real big and fat. And I was like, that that never gets old. That is so funny. Remember what the the who's that the guy with the te- the, the 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 guy that always had the, the sickle you, with him and they show Vince uh, Neal. On Cornelius. Yeah. But they show Vince Vince Neal looks like the uh, Bonneville snowman because he's all yeah. big. He said, he said, Stop sending me the shit. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's never not that's never not funny. Yeah. Any last words, guys? No, it no, was a great it. show, and I think it was a pretty well-rounded list. So it's you know I wasn't surprised, so it's like with y'all's, but yeah. y'all, we need to see the Von Eric and have an episode on that. Yeah, I reckon if all goes well, uh before I go to work, because I just had a look then, it comes out yeah. the 14th of January here in Australia. That's the earliest I can see it. So you can't. I, can I mean, you can't extend. You can't extend and be off another week. I mean, so just tell your boss. I guess I, I can do it. I need to go. I need five weeks off. Jeez, what a daggum! No, I'm sure you can see it sooner. There are all websites that actually show it. So yeah, yeah. You got to worry about that. You got to worry about the guy's head in the way of the of the screen. Oh so. yeah. Um, what are your in in short? What are you hoping that they do include? In the Iron Claw, hmm. I hope they. I hope. I hope they. Well, I think what I've seen it before. I, you know, I hope they show that. You know, to me, the biggest thing that comes out of it, you can't live your 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 parents' dream for you. I think that was the biggest issue with Mike. Mike didn't want to be a wrestler, you know, and I think a lot of them didn't, but they had to please Daddy. Yeah, and uh, I think at the end, there's a. Thing I think with Karen Von Eric said that the mom finally just got pissed, you know, at the end, just left the guy. I mean, it's just, you know, life's too short and it's, you know, you can't worry about disappointing others. Believe me, I disappoint people every day. So, you know, Stevie, Stevie will testify to that. 
it'll second. be a hard movie to watch if you don't yeah. know anything about the Bonerics. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I mean, it, it it's probably going to amaze a lot of people that don't know that history. Every if, yeah. if it goes down the way I think it's going to go, it'll amaze a lot of people out of tragedy that, that that came to that family. I mean, yeah. And and the thing about the the movie is, I think we had a disagreement, Stevie. I think you said something like it's going to be a big hit. I don't think it will be a big hit. I, I think, think it's a regional. I think it's a regional movie that'll do okay, but it's, I mean, it's like the theater by my house. It's not even showing there. So I don't, well, I don't see it being a big, a big blockbuster. It's probably a great, fantastic movie, but it, you oh, know, yeah. a lot of those. Are- I know the, uh, the Kevin Von Erickson's when they were busted open, we're talking about, there was one scene in there and I think it got left in with, because they got to watch it, you know, before, of course, uh, there was one scene in there that their dad was kind of having a hard time with. I think it was after, if it's still in there, uh, and this sounds really bad, it was after Carrie had uh, had passed, and he was holding Carrie in his arms, and well, they found they found him. Yeah, yeah. It's you know. so that that sounds like it might be pretty powerful there, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing it. Uh, and yeah, we'll definitely do talk about it on the show after everybody sees I, it. I think one of the saddest things I ever heard Kevin say was that, you know, there was a time I was a son and I was a brother. And no. I, I'm neither, neither one of them. Yep. All right, guys. On that happy note. Yeah. <laughs> but guys, everybody out there listening, uh, Kyle, Kyle from LaGrange, even though you, Thank you, Kyle. you're not a Rudolph fan. I mean, you're not a Santa Claus fan. Hope you have a Merry Christmas. Everybody, I hope you have a happy and safe and Merry Christmas. Be safe out there, guys. Enjoy. Jack, your- uh, yep. And Jack, I hope you enjoy your next six months off before you have to go back to work. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to enjoy it. Hopefully, Jack will be back to work in sometime in sometime next year. But uh, yeah. of course, he'll be next year. But a whole freaking month off, dude. God. And you, yeah. haven't a, you haven't had a month off since you're probably in kindergarten. No, probably, probably not. All right, guys. Yeah. That is going to do it for the Triple Threat main event. Hope you guys have a Merry Christmas, and we'll see you next time on the Triple Threat main event. Stay safe, guys.